0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter.
1: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast with its season 11, episode 69. Um, we're joined tonight by fans of every team... In the Premiership, um, there is one exception just now, but they will be joining us later. So, we have got some returning guests, some regulars, uh, and also some previous guests from the other podcast, plus some new ones. So, Jeff is on, Aaron is on, and Scott is on, out the regulars. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, good, I was muted there.
3: Fine, to be honest. Um, this is not what I expected, this to be in August, but we are where we are.
1: Were you expecting yeah. Aberdeen to be first? And you still said um, that in December. No, background no
3: but I was expecting, like, this week to be thinking about where's good for, like, a little European trip and cheap flights. I was not expecting tomorrow to be watching the League Cup groups draw. Disgusting. I'm
2: sure you the you you. you'll enjoy that. It's got it's them, well, I
3: picked out what I want. I want all the close-by ones to me. I just, I don't even know how it works, like, It's a group of five. I've never had to engage in this. Here we are.
4: You get bonus points and everything. It's absolute nonsense. Uh,
3: And you don't play everyone home and away, do you? There's just five weekends. So, do they draw the home and away teams?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll enjoy it. it. It's, it's, it's nonsense. And did they do that
3: tomorrow? So I know when I'm going when. When the fixtures? No, you what?
4: You'll just know who's in your group tomorrow. Like when the fixtures,
3: like the day before or something. Yeah.
4: I can't remember, but it's at least a week or two after, I think, isn't it? Or at least a...
3: So you could have five away games, theoretically, could you? No, 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 oh. no.
4: You'll get two home and two away, but it's not immediately obvious from the draw who, you've, who you're who you going to play at home and who you'll play away.
3: I hate everything about this.
2: Be open-minded, you'll enjoy it.
4: I know it all too well, unfortunately. <laughs> I,
3: know what? I hope you draw who's a really rubbish one in the Europa I hope you draw the worst
2: one in the Europa League. Oh, no, that would be terrible.
4: See... I don't even know if I want us to win or lose the playoff yet. Because if we win, we go into the Europa League where you are much got much tougher games. You lose, you go in the Conference League groups.
3: Oh, it must be so tough. You're right, yeah. I'm, I'm right, I just don't know. I'm trying to look on maps and find out where half these teams are. Brilliant. Price
4: money's prize money's pretty similar. You get almost half a million quid for a win in either competition and we're much more likely to get wins in the Conference League. What
3: do you get in the League Cup group stages for a win? Like £5 and £1. a
2: pie? packet of crisps.
3: <laughs> Your bus fare to... home.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of brew. I don't want
3: to go okay. on a bus anywhere. I want to go on a plane. Fly. This is not what <laughs> I thought was going to happen this season.
2: You could fly from Edinburgh to Inverness. It's like going on a plane, it's like going abroad.
4: See, Scott and Andy will have absolutely no idea about any of this because their teams never have to play in this No, notes. Andy not.
1: No, 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 nice
0: try. Bring, Rangers, Rangers, do, doing Rangers,
4: doing, Rangers,
3: fan. Rangers have been in there.
4: <laughs> yeah, but never again, will they? I mean, come on. Players, play all all for play
5: Playoffs for Europe. Playoffs for Europe. What even is that? I don't
4: even know what that is anymore. Oh, come on. You, you lose about three of them every
5: season, do you not?
3: Did you not ah, go through
5: about fifteen? The 15 Europe, you, you went through about fifteen different competitions. Did you not the season before you were finally out? Ah, it You've got to
4: be in it to win it, though. Eh? Celtic we're are still to the
3: Inter-Total in the Inter Cup, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so are
6: Celtic the only team not to have done the League Cup groups? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't think Rangers have been in the the groups before because I think oh they have. By, the time, by the time they have they because I I thought by the time they were up. Uh,
3: I uh,
2: think They, I, they, think have, think they changed changed just, I
4: think they just I think maybe one year or two years before.
3: Was yeah, it when you yeah, did was part,
4: was it when you was your a second part, championship part,
3: season, Andy?
7: The Great yeah, When we were at the championship.
3: Yeah. Oh uh, okay. Right. Absolutely. Uh, oh. So I went to just. Oh, do you know what? what? Maybe it'll be a right laugh. Uh,
4: <laughs> we got beat by Peter Head, so don't count on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we've got people coming home, I'm gonna do a full pie review, it's been requested. So hopefully I'll get some new spots for pies. All right. Right. Let's introduce who else is returning. So, Andy, Rangers fan, how are you doing?
7: Yeah, I'm keeping well, mate. Thanks for having us on again. Appreciate
1: it. Hi, good. Good to see you. Uh, Ethan, um, this will be your last premiership podcast for a while. Uh, I feel like the cartoon <laughs> villain in an old school cartoon, just as I'm going down the abyss screaming, I'll be there. Yeah, someone, Dude, did say emailed that,
2: about that.
1: someone did say that at the end of the podcast, what we should do is like drop you out of the conversation and then in an a killy fan, but <laughs> we won't do that to you. That'd be funny. Um, would be, but we're not doing it. Um, Andy, Motherwell fan, how are you doing?
8: Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having us back on.
1: Aye, Pleasure. Uh, we've heard plenty from you already, Laurie. but how are you doing? You good?
4: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back on again. Where, where's Harry though?
1: I think Harry, Harry's still um, recovering from the mid-season podcast when you told him a new <laughs> one.
3: Harry's been on another podcast this week. Last night. I
4: know. He was, was on me. Old Firm. But... Yeah, t- to be it fair was. to Harry, he actually invited me on a Hibs podcast, which... Got mixed I'm- reviews from my heart's followers, but I I I did go on a Hibs podcast. How was it? Oh, it was quite good fun because it's Hibs, so they're all miserable. <laughs> I don't know why they <laughs> invited me on. I mean it was like
1: um talking of miserable, for
4: miserable.
1: You know, talking to miserable Hibs fans, and I don't know if you are miserable because that's the first time you're on. Charlie, how are you doing? Miserable. Um shite season for all all concerned for hibs but hi, aye. aye, thanks for all me on, mate. No worries. Good to see you. Um was it did Tabs get the coveted eighth spot we were all chasing?
9: I think so. I sort of lost interest after that Derby defeat at Dincastle where we finished in the league. So nine. I think we finished eighth.
1: Because that was the most coveted position this season. <laughs>
9: aye, aye, I think so.
1: Um Ross County fan Ross, ideal. But easy, easy to remember. Ross, Ross County. How you doing? Good, thanks, yeah. Thanks for having me on. No worries. I believe this is your first time on a podcast.
10: It is, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be
1: interesting to see how it goes, but yeah. Sorry, we'll keep it right. I'm sure, like, folk will get orientation into you soon enough. Oh, yeah, So that's all good. That's all good. Um, Danny, substitute for Nori from Dogger Saints. How are you doing? I'm very well. I feel
11: like sort of the complete and a shit fest of the last nine months has just been washed away in the space of 90 minutes, well, 45 minutes. So, yeah, I'm quite
1: chipper today. To be fair, though, you do have a good record in cup finals or in fi- some kind of finals. And, uh, uh, we're knacking now Sean thing. Rainey's out of contract, though. There okay.
11: you go. That's, that's it. That's, that's the cup final thing, Dom. We're,
5: we're, not not cu- we're not
11: counting the playoff as a cup final. We're not final calling anyway. the playoff as a cup Absolutely. final. Absolutely not having the playoff as a cup final. A final it? Next, next we'll be giving them
0: trophies
4: to lift like they do. <laughs> <couple of> <laughs>
11: An excuse for a night out in Inverness is what it was. Um,
0: do you get anything like this, the-
11: that?
1: Is there anything? No, there shouldn't. I hope there's not. And medals or anything no good. There shouldn't be. I would even find out next season, wouldn't they? Right, okay. And then we've got Dev, St. Mirren fan. How are you doing? You good? Very well, very well. How are we doing, okay? Aye, good. Aye. Uh, We're hoping that your manager does a return next season, your old manager.
0: Uh, (laughs) I hope he doesn't.
3: but, I wasn't going
4: to make any jokes about
0: stealing your manager, but maybe I will. Well, Jim, Good, Jim Goodloss, yeah. Is, is you're, that you're, you're welcome to him. Um, to be honest, I've 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 found new love in Stephen Robinson. It took a while, but I'm I'm there now, and I've I've looked through all the stats and stuff. Goodman's hopeless. Aberdeen, will, will be back where where they were with Glass uh, by Christmas, so I'm cool with that.
3: But we do have the most
0: attractive manager in the league. He's very handsome, but he's Lovely. absolutely hopeless. Uh, I've decided now my love was tainted by uh, what he does as a player. He was actually quite a hopeless manager. So, um, yeah, uh, he won. He only won three games in 20 before he got the Aberdeen job. Do you know that? So, um, he's all,
3: Yeah, so people have been calling him, Jim, two wins because he's yeah. only won two with us. But next season's going to be so different because he's going to have his own squad. Fine.
0: Can you imagine getting... Arguably, the kind of fourth, fifth biggest job in the country on the strength of winning three out of twenty games, it's quite an incredible bit of uh, recruitment from uh, from your erstwhile chairman. Uh, so yeah, Have you uh, seen I'm, him I'm, so not, I'm slightly better, right? I'm trying not to appear better. I'm slightly better, but I'm cool with it now. I'm, I'm over him. We're we we we've moved on. Danny.
11: Yeah, I was just going to say, at least one of those wins came against St Johnson, so that doesn't count. You call it two out of 20 in the previous, <laughs> <laughs> or two out of the previous 20 games. Doesn't count.
3: No, it doesn't. Even we beat you this season, doesn't
1: count. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah. a barrel. Shall we kick off with the Scottish Cup final from Saturday? Seeing as Andy and Laurie are so desperate to talk about it. Well, what he is.
4: Yeah, what what you want us to just like fire it right in and talk about it?
1: Aye, fire into each other as in banter. Lies. I mean,
0: it's it's
4: it's not really a cup final to to fire into each other about. I mean, the best team won the game. It wasn't one of these controversial finals where we're raging that we were robbed or anything. I mean, it's a tough one. I, there's a lot of mixed reactions. If if anyone follows Hart's Twitter, you'll know that Robbie Nielsen will be receive critics even if if we lost the league title by a point next season he'll get criticised for doing that and if we'd won it and snuck, snuck a winner in the cup final he probably would have got criticised because we didn't go out and win it comfortably so he, he's always got his critics. Um, I think people kind of overlook the fact that Rangers have got a bunch of very good players I know they, they played 120 minutes in Frankfurt but last time they played 120 minutes in a European game midweek they went and beat Celtic at Hampden in the semi-final so I think there was a little bit of underestimating the task in hand for Hearts. I think Rangers were like 43 domestic games. And apart from Celtic, I think only Hibs had beaten them in that time in one game in the semi-final in the League Cup. So I went into it with a little bit of optimism, but realism as well that if, if Rangers turn up and perform and we're not at our absolute best, Rangers will win the Cup final. Um, we had four players who clearly weren't fit, but we had to play them. Tried to get out in the first half. You could see we sh- rattled them a little bit in the opening, maybe quarter of the game, going a bit physical, using sim strength and height. But once they got that under control, second half we lost the legs a little bit, and it kind of felt like it was inevitable. I think Robbie will be criticised for maybe sitting in and playing for penalties after about maybe an hour in, which I understand. I was a bit disappointed how passive we were, however. If we nicked a goal from a corner at the end where we got it to penalties and we'd won, then he'd be lauded as being a tactical genius about to, it.
2: But, to be fair, I was absolutely flabbergasted that Robbie Nielsen playing for a draw in a big game, it's never, I've never, <laughs> never seen him do that, ever. Never, not even, not even finals, no game ever have I ever seen Robbie Nielsen play for a draw. That is bamboozled.
4: I, and I get that, but I mean, it made sense to me in this game because we clearly didn't have the legs at that point. Rangers were getting on top of us. But to me, it was, I can understand it's disappointing. And then a cup final, you end up sitting back to the wall. What I didn't understand was some of the changes. Like you put Halliday on and put him in the right. Um, I think it was maybe to try and help out Natty Atkinson, who was getting torn apart, torn apart. We kind of left him, we hung him out to dry a little bit with Calvin Bassey and Ryan Kent, who were on good form. Um, and at extra time was just a, a leg too far. You know, if it wasn't for Craig Gordon, we probably would have got to extra time, which is, Maybe the story of our season in many ways. Um, So I I have to say, I'm over it quicker than the last two cup finals. I'm probably over it more than the last cup final when we lost on penalties, having been ahead on penalties against Celtic. So, better team won ultimately.
7: Yeah, Laurie, I I think I would agree with you in in terms of from a heart's perspective there, from yourself, uh, it's a fair assessment. And uh, I, I was at the game myself and very fortunate to, ha- to have a ticket through through a good friend of mine and um, obviously uh, I was going to Hampton on Saturday you know your team gets to the Scottish Cup final you should be buzzing and on uh upbeat and obviously after last Wednesday evening's result no laughing at the back there Um, I was heartbroken and devastated you know, and uh, obviously wanted to win the cup as as I do with any trophy. And I was just thinking, you know, if if we do win this today, great to win the cup. But what could have and should have been, you know, get given given with Wednesday night, and, and also looking back on the the league champion as well to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, with with Saturday Rangers. Obviously went the extra time on Wednesday evening and, and it did, did look tired. Uh, the team was changed a little bit and uh, I thought Hearts sort of did go for it in the first half hour, 45 minutes to, to possibly an hour. They only really had one clear cut opportunity, I think it was was Uh Hit a fourth goal, was it Sims at the post? Aye,
4: boys cut it across the box, and Sims kind of stretch for it off yeah. the side of the post.
7: Apart from that, really, Rangers weren't really troubled. Apart from Willie Collins' performance, but uh, <laughs> um, no aerial threat. I thought Rangers were, uh, you know, per in the first half up against Sims, they couldn't win a header, first or second ball, which was rather frustrating. From from my own point of view, as, as well as other Rangers supporters. But, no, I thought we we uh, we'd done well to go in the extra time and, and win the game in extra time, although we should have won it in, in normal time with numerous chances we had. Uh, probably should have had a penalty on the, towards the end of the game. Joe Aribo had his sharp pull, but again, Willie Collum being Willie Collum was, I don't know what he was doing, to be fair, but it wasn't given. But, no, as I say, overall disappointed to win when the not sorry not win the Europa League trophy on Wednesday night, but I was happy enough to win to win the uh, Scottish Cup. Although I would have preferred to win it in ninety minutes, as I was said to John beforehand. If we'd have won it in ninety minutes, I would have been home at uh, half past ten Saturday night. But because we won it in extra time, wasn't home until three a.m. on Sunday morning. But a win's a win. Could have been worse. Earth could have won the Come on. At 3 a.m. You, do
4: not ours. complain to me that you got home a bit later. So it's it, <laughs> the rest, other than, other than Scott, you know, we're all sitting here. We'd love to win a trophy, but poor Andy had to, had to wait a little bit longer to get home. <laughs> come on. Uh, come
2: everyone on. else wins that trophy like three o'clock in the mornings early.
4: <laughs> won the playoffs, mate, better than any trophy. Yeah, oh, Calvin Bassey so though. That. we should have asked for Calvin Bassey to get drug tested because it's no right that he can still be charging up and down with that energy into his second bout of extra time in a space of four days in his like 54th appearance of the season or something.
7: Yeah, he's he's uh he's just an absolute machine. I think I think he's the Rangers' ultimate warrior. Yeah. And uh, you know, he came came along to Rangers from Leicester who he could hardly get a game for their under 23s or their first team, and he's he's progressed very well in several positions. So we'll hopefully do well to keep hold of him in in the summer or just next season. But yeah, and I think.
1: See quickly. Would you would you prefer him playing centre back or left back?
7: Wherever he wants, any anywhere he can cover everywhere at the <laughs> same time.
1: <laughs> no, that, um, with that engine, you'd probably you'd truly want him on the
4: on the left, wouldn't you?
7: Probably, probably left back. Although and he, he's still young, so he will he will learn and and get better as he goes on, hopefully as i say with Rangers, but probably left back to be honest right but See, not 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 just uh, calvin Bass's energy as as great as it is, but you know we <laughs> we've went the extra time a few times this season and and stuff like that and Whoever is in charge of the fitness and, and and that side of things has to be uh praised because you know the the, the players have done very, very well the way the way they've handled things in, in terms of the fitness side of things. Is he going back yeah, I end? think oh, I, sorry, I was
1: gonna
4: say as a good point actually, because it was Rangers' 65th game of the season and you wouldn't have known it, you know, com- comparatively with the two teams. I know I think, I think, yeah. People are forgetting that we did have a few players who weren't fully fit, but certainly in extra time, Rangers had more legs than than did, which, um, yeah, you have to you have to give praise to whoever's behind the scenes. I know those people have talked about it. I don't know the names or the exact people, but I know they've said that there's been a lot of work put into to the sports science department at Ibrox, which seems to be seems to be working.
7: That was also about better? time. <laughs>
1: First time ever as well, two subs have scored off the bench in the Scottish Cup final.
7: Yeah, it was uh, up the other end from where I was sitting, standing, and uh, Ryan Jack's goal was absolutely brilliant, or sorry, absolutely brilliant, should I say. Uh, and uh, Scott, Scott Wright, you know, the run from basically just outside his own box, to, to catch Ryan Kent, you know, and, and it wasn't the best of passes, but got on to it, and Craig Gordon probably out with Calvin Bassi was was going to be man of the match. He was certainly Hearts' uh player of the game and uh, made some great saves and wasn't fortunate not to get to uh, Scott Wright's goal. Um I don't think he was he was either gonna be put through the net with Jack's finish or not save it at all and, and I don't know what he was claiming for. I don't know if he was waving at me in the stand or whatever, but you know, no, as you say, two, two subs to, to come on and score. Um, There was there was people behind me, Slayton Van Broncourse to get a forward on, and, you know, what do we know in the stands?
1: Aye. And then you've got Suter to enjoy in that season as well, who was up there, one of the match contenders, Suter. I was yeah. Was up there. When you can tell he's up there since March. Didn't look like it.
4: It was his first start since the 5th of March. He'd had a few minutes in the last league game of the season, but, no, he... To be fair, he, he's had a lot of critics, and you're always going to get that if you sign a pre-contract to another Scottish team, and you have to play the rest of the season in the same league. But to be fair to him, he's always stepped up to the mark, and he was he, he had an incredible performance, I thought, on on Saturday. Um, ultimately, to no avail. But um, I hope he's shite next season. Like, but you can't <laughs> you you can't slate his performances since he signed for Rangers, which I think many
1: people thought might dip. See, so going back to Wednesday quickly. Who was supporting Rangers? Who wasn't? Because folk were saying good for Scottish football. Apparently, said I it was good for Scottish football. football who else? Oh, anyone? I, I don't buy into. it. It's
5: brilliantly cool. <laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> I find it very difficult
4: to do either. Like I'm not. I was watching the game, and I didn't. I didn't. I didn't cheer Rangers score, and I didn't cheer Frankfurt score. And I find it. I don't particularly want a German team to beat a Scottish team, but. I don't I can't particularly jump about if Rangers are scoring either I, I don't know I'm I'm kind of bang in the middle I have to say
0: uh, It was, like was so very much, much in the Euros wasn't it, it was like yeah, you want England to do well I like I like England doing well in the Euros as long as they don't win it World Cup as long as they don't win it and I found that I was kind of I liked the Rangers run thought it was really exciting I didn't sure. want them to win it you but don't want course, England to do well uh, of we, want to, to win we don't
3: want England doing well in this World Cup
2: though. or any but no,
3: well, well or with... any, but
0: particularly this one. I, want... I, I, I don't mind them doing it. I love the excitement. I love them getting what's up and what's up and what's up and then fall flat in their face. And to do it, I mean, I wouldn't like them to take it that close again, but that was magnificent. I Absolutely. That was...
3: Because they're in our group. I, I want I want to get out of the group and not them. I want Christian Ramirez to get a call-up for USA and score a hat-trick the puts them out of the group.
1: That would be more... That's not going to happen.
3: We're never going to see Christian Ramirez ever again, are we?
2: The highlight of the last two last year has been England losing on penalties and they Rangers losing on penalties. Ah, it's the rejection comfort, of tears has put my blood sugar level so high. It's unreal.
1: Too close for comfort. Like, get them out quarter stage. Oh, nice. That's a bit far. The, the tears, the
7: pain, the,
2: oh no, I've not had a drink in three
7: All of it. Oh, fucking brilliant. Loved it. Every second Could I, it. Can I just add, John, you, you asked who, who was supporting Rangers uh, in, the, in the Europa League final. Um, I, I agree with, with the guys uh, who, who are on I I wouldn't be supporting any other Scottish club, regardless of what's the it's at. You know, it's I and and I agree. You know, I I support Rangers and and Scotland. Nobody else. You in terms of the coefficient and stuff, you know, I I think I I can understand the point of view of you know getting Scottish football and all further up the the ladder and stuff like that, which Rangers have done on their own. In in recent years, and obviously get dropped it there to, to Celtic this season, but um, no, I, I agree with everybody else. You, you support your own club. I don't think you should really want any other club, weirdly, especially a rival. Maybe I no
2: don't me. agree with that. I I I don't want Celtic Rangers to do well. I don't I, I don't like them. Even Aberdeen, I wouldn't give to If Aberdeen got to a group stage, I wouldn't. I would be quite pleased for them. It's the same with if Dundee got it, it'd be a cheap bath seems and Johnson were playing. That's why I genuinely wanted them to win. It's just range of Celtic. I don't want to win. And, even arts, I don't care add, about.
7: I, I like to see England do well myself. I'm, I'm not a big fan of international football, not even Northern Ireland. If they win, fair enough, but they get beat, it doesn't really bother me. I like to see England do well, but I wouldn't like to see them win a trophy. You know, last Euros, for example, I bought in Italy at the start of the competition and award the final. The wine mess up, you know, but and do not I d I don't I don't like to see Scotland do well though. No offense to any of the people on here, but it's just, you know, like, as I say, I'm a Rangers man, not not anybody else. Oh, I Did you sure.
3: see the guy in the news who has a like Celtic bar kind of thing in his garden and it changed it into a Rangers one because his wife and kids support Rangers. And they said, <laughs> What do you think the score will be? And he said, Oh I hope Rangers win one or two nil. And oh, his son Bless as we son said, and this boy, honestly, rescue this boy, said I hope Frankfurt win a hundred nil. Brilliant.
7: <laughs> Fair play. Laurie.
4: I was just gonna say, I, I can't believe I feel like I'm gonna be like the voice of diplomacy here, but I mean Hearts are guaranteed group stage European football next season, eight games in Europe, but probably worth five or six million quid plus to us. The only the only reason we've got that is because other Scottish teams did well, and that was Celtic and Rangers. So, I, what you mean
3: is you were supporting your best friend team on Wednesday? Was it?
4: I actually was not supporting Rangers. I can't, I said I couldn't, but I couldn't jump around and support another, like celebrate another team winning. It would be the same if Celtic were there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want them to win, but
1: would you want another Scottish team to win if it wasn't Rangers or Celtic?
4: Hibs, it was Hibs? See, see, the problem is, so the problem is with this is. Rangers and this is when you this is like when you get to cup finals as well I can guarantee like Charlie would have wanted Rangers to win on Saturday against us and I, I
9: would wanted I wanted both of you to get beat to be fair but I, I was, would I would like to I would like to say Laurie as well I think this is the first time that there's one team in the cup final never ever shot on target in the game and it couldn't have happened to a nicer team to be honest
4: <laughs> but, I mean I, that's see
3: look at this friendly rivalry Laurie, Laurie isn't it nice
4: See, the thing with the cup final is obviously Hibs fans will want Rangers to beat us. And obviously if it was Hibs in the final, we'd want Rangers to beat them because we don't we don't compete with Rangers. So it doesn't matter much when Rangers and Celtic like win another trophy to us. But when Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, they're the ones on the kind of same level. So that's when it gets a bit different. So I don't know. I don't think Aberdeen, Hibs or Hearts fans will ever have to experience one of those teams being in a European final again. So um, it's probably not going to be a conundrum we're faced with. But it would be a tricky one. So I'm, I'm bypassing that. I'm bypassing that question really.
1: That's unlike you. <laughs> Jeff and Andy, both a euro, I've got European football to look forward to. Are you surprised?
2: Oh fuck okay. I. Um after murder season, all used to Christ. Yeah, no, it's been good. I'm not, I've, I've still not really worked out whether or not United have been good this season or everyone else has been shit. Uh, I'm leaning towards the latter to be honest. Um, but no, it'll be good. It's good to get a little European away there for one
1: game. I'm trying to work out. Do you think good. a team has ever qualified for Europe with scoring less than an average a goal a game?
4: Probably Hearts under Shabba Laszlo when we didn't play a striker for like the entire season. None of the stuff Shabba
2: Laszlo ever did made sense. That is very true. Well, Browns use it though. Doesn't make you a good
8: idea. Is, I think it will be one of these seasons that we look back on with the exception of the top three. The rest will be thinking there's massive rebuild needed over the summer. Muddle are certainly no different than that, but at the same time, We're not going to let (laughs) the gift gift horse in the mouth and refuse a place in Europe. We'll we'll see where it takes us. We're seeded for the second round. It might get us another tie. Who knows? But yes, it was very fortunate, especially only winning three games since the turn of the year. Uh, It was quite remarkable, the contrast between the first half of the season and the second half of the season for Motherwell.
1: See, when you were on before, Andy, you were saying about Alexander you're not really a fan. Is that a general consent Is a mother fans?
8: It was kind of strange when, when we clinched Europe against Hearts in the penultimate game of the season, people kind of turned around and there was almost a swing where people were saying, well, he's achieved what he set out to do if you were asked that at the start of the season. But if you were asked at the start of the season whether Hibs would go out and have a season like they did or Aberdeen had a season like they did, you would write that off as well. Uh, he's got there through no style. Even that game, I'm sure you are possibly there, Laurie, the, the game at Fir Park um, at the start of this one. hearts were by far the better team. They looked like the team that had something to play for, not Motherwell. Um it was a wee bit of a turnaround in the second half, but no, I, just, I don't feel that the majority of the support are, are with him. The summer is going to be massive in terms of recruitment because he's not got it right more often than not so far so yeah I I think he's still under a bit of pressure but he's alleviated a fair degree of that as well just by the league position
1: when it comes to Laurie in a wee minute but just to ask quickly like see how that the whole style of play thing do you think that fans get carried away by that though because effectively like we said before like obviously it is a results game you want to maybe see be entertained a bit but you're in Europe
8: yeah, but it is difficult going along and watching that single football week in, week out. It's been... I'm bleeding stuff at times, but it's been really difficult to watch. And that was on the back of a really difficult season last season, especially in the first half under Stephen Robinson, where, again, we weren't playing any football. We dug ourselves out a, a massive hole there where we looked destined for the draw at Christmas time last year. So, yes, it's a, redu- a result... Driven industry, but I think you do need some
2: element of, of entertainment along with it.
1: Yeah, I, well, think
8: it's it's, a, it's,
2: I think this is the first time in quite a long time where two of the teams that got into Europe that weren't like, weren't expected to get into Europe, the fans genuinely, I'd say, a fair proportion of both aren't overly impressed with the style of the football either team have produced. And I say that's quite impressive, especially seeing as like, United and Motherwell definitely weren't expected to get anywhere near where they are. And, I mean, some of the stuff Tam Gots has done has been fucking brutal to see. And uh, Alexander is just as bad. The only match by Motherwell's irritating social media output.
8: Yeah, we're talking about the emphasis in results, but I think that's quite three in 22 matches the Mother won towards the back end of the season as well. So it's not as if Alexander's style of football is beating results either, really. Uh, and when you kind of get into that rut, it's very difficult to get back out of it. I think it's massively papered over the cracks. I suppose the issue was, though, that there was no team outside the top two
1: that were consistent.
2: Three.
1: Absolutely. I suppose they were consistent to the You want to say something else, or you used to get a hand up? So, so, sorry. it like was like, was... work meetings, you know that way, like, someone's got a hand up, and you're like... No, oh, I was,
4: okay. I was... I was gonna say you asked to have have any teams qualified for Europe who scored less than a goal a game. Aberdeen and St Johnson last season both scored less than a goal a game and qualified for Europe, incidentally. But I was also gonna say that um Shabalazal managed to finish third and only just got over a goal a game. Forty goals that season in thirty eight games. So there you go. But there I hadn't realized that both Aberdeen and St Johnson failed to score a goal a game last season.
1: There you go. I'm not surprised at St Johnson, but maybe us that but... Um, where else top sets Ross now midway point of the season in your wildest dreams did you think you'd finish top sets
10: no no absolutely not I think um, you know going back even earlier than that um, first 10 games I think most county fans would have bit your hand off if you offered them a playoff spot um, coming away from the, the game where we lost 3-2 at home to Livy I think they, sc- they scored in like the last minute to win it yeah. Um. just the the general mood in the ground was, it it was so low and to then come from that, to then rebuild and then push on the way we did, you know, obviously bigger teams than us had their flaws during the season but um, I think that kind of after that 5-0 win down at Dens, we went on a decent run after that, I think we'd only lost we had a decent home record, we'd only lost, I think it was maybe twice in 11 games and that was both at home to Celtic uh, just I think just uh, halfway through December and then the start of the split, um, and then even the away form as well. We I think we only lost again away to away to sell like away to Dundee United and away to Hibs, you know, and at Hearts on Boxing Day. So to go around and kind of I think there was just a a slowly slow gathering of points here and there. Even just the the draws we were picking up at home and things we weren't those games early in the season we were losing. By giving away a couple of cheap goals, and the the game before Christmas when we were down at McDermott Park, we won that just to avoid being bottom going into the winter break. So to then go from that to then potentially pushing a European spot with a, a few games to go was just was 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 mental. I don't think anyone would have believed you at that point. Yeah, I think most people had Ross going to get relegated this season, and I, and I think so too. I think after the summer, I think. Um, You know, before Malky was appointed, I think the majority would have been quite happy with Yogi getting the job, considering keeping us up the season before. That looks like it was a bit of a bullet dodge seeing what's happened at Dunfermline. But then obviously all the, you know, the reaction to Malky's appointment, which was justified, you know, I think uh, it's it's still in a lot of Ross County fans' minds. I don't think they've even with the the style of football they've had this season. I think there is there is still a a kind of hesitation to go back and fully get behind the team with with Malky in charge and and with what's gone on. I think as the season's gone on, I think there have been fans that have have been swayed towards. He, he's he's talked about it work with Rainbow Laces and and um, organisations like that. So. And the way that the team's performed as well, I think it's kind of, it's paper over the cracks. And after the 10 games, because of the reaction that the fans had and then the performances, I, I his coat was on a sugarly peg, I think. And if he had gone down to Dens and, and got beat, I don't think he would have
1: been there. Yeah, Deb, do you want to make a point?
0: Yeah, sorry. I was just, uh, I was remembering there when a uh, Uh, Alan Burroughs sent me a fucking flaming message because I called Motherwell a gang in a a recent tweet uh, and I basically was questioning how they got into the top six and he sent me a stats table you know anybody that follows me on Twitter knows I love my stats Ross County were in the top six for two weeks of the season two weeks they were uh, the third uh, lowest number of weeks in the top six and yet they managed to go over the line and like I said Motherwell were in the top six for 24 weeks of the season so it shows you how much they relied on their, uh, on their start. And that's what Alan Burrows was saying, don't ever call us a gang. Uh, but but I did tell them that they are a gang and um, and that Alexander's hopeless. Um, but yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because I thought Malky Mackay did magnificent with Ross County last season. It was interesting to see how the dynamic for the Ross County fans changed because obviously they were very anti-Mackay, uh, as I'm sure most people were. But I was interesting to see there was still some people saying I'm still not going back.
10: Is that still the case? Yeah. I I would say so. I think um it's kind of difficult to tell with attendances because obviously with the streaming services still in place, you know, we don't know how many people are going to be comfortable sitting at home watching the games compared to, you know, actually going into the ground to watch it. Um I think he has I think he's won a good amount over, but there will always still be a group that are hesitant to go back and it's completely understandable um, and it's, I think the only thing that might encourage him back is if there is a day that he leaves or um, there's maybe more of a fan interaction with an apology that's come out or something along those lines. I know that was a complaint very early on but they've kind of I wouldn't say those complaints have gone away but they have been nullified quite a lot Um but on the park, I think there was a there was a worry after those ten games that he was going to be like an Owen Coil two point And after that it's it's kind of proved it wrong. So I think he he'd been out of management for I think it was like six or seven years. I know he had the, the role in the SFA, but to, to go that long and then to go on the run, we didn't the opening ten games, it just felt like it was just gonna be a disaster of a season. So to pick it up from there was was really impressive. Bory.
4: I was just going to say, it <clears throat> kind of falls into the fickle nature of football fans, doesn't it, quite often with, um, you know, morals are all all important, but your team starts winning games, you soon forget about maybe some little things. And the David Goodwillie thing was obviously an extreme, and I think that would have never worked because of that's a whole other level than the the Malky Mackay thing. But um, it is quite interesting sometimes, and you always knew that would be the case, that fans would say, I'll never be back, and then... Your team's doing great, and they kind of they they sneak in <laughs> sneak in the back door without people noticing them, hoping they forgot and they said that. And I'd be interested what um uh, Charlie would would think of. I know the managerial change has been made at Hibs, but quite a bit came up when Malky Mackay was being talked about as a potential Hibs manager, and given the season, you could see why he would be linked.
9: Yeah, I was. I was never going back if Malcolm McKay was appointed as as Hibbs boss, um, and I think there was a lot of Hibbs fans in the same boat. I think would have been an absolute PR disaster. I think it would have been similar to Rafe, and I know following the Hibbs women's team, they were they were going to cut all ties with the club if he'd been announced. So I think Hibbs Hibbs avoided a massive disaster there. But I I can see why he would have been in the running, but I'm glad he never got it. Um, Danny, did you
1: have something to say?
11: This. yeah, I think probably just echoing what Laurie said, it's that whole to bring in a probably a bit of a weird analogy, it's the whole separation of artist and an art, I'm not saying Mark McCar is an artist anyway, but it's almost like, is it okay to still like the Smiths knowing that you Morris gonna, is a massive dick?
4: I thought you were gonna so, compare McGarry Glitter there.
11: Oh no, <laughs> no, I think that one's a, that's an extreme to the other side, really. It's like I say it's it's very fickle. Um and I remember a few years ago it is to bring in another fairly unsavory, I say fairly unsavory character um, in with David Goodwillie. Because he was training with Saints a few years ago, and again you've got that sort of whole, and it can be a dilemma for you. But I mean, for me it was pretty easy. It's like, no, if he if he's there, I'm not, and it probably is in Malky, it. but it's yeah. I... It it must be a horrible position to be put in really, Ross. And uh I was the same for a lot of Ray fans, um obviously around January time. It's like what it's your club, it's what you've had all your life and what you love probably more than anything, a huge part of your life. And it's yeah, I i really just
1: just don't envy you at all. See I Play Absolutely. Devil's advocate, though. Obviously at Lovington, there's a situation with Martindale who has been in prison. Rehabilitation has been allowed. Now, Malcolm Mackay, clearly, what he did was gone. Is it a he, is he allowed to rehabilitate?
10: I feel like, um, as as I touched on, you know, off the top of my head, the work he's done with Rainbow Laces, I, I I don't think that they'd be. I might be wrong in saying this. That they'd be willing to work with him if there wasn't a rehabilitation program, having taken place. So, taking those steps you know is trying to show that he is a better person and he's learned from these past mistakes. Um you know I think the the Martin one is an interesting one because that is someone that has gone through the rehabilitation and he's done really well and you know it seems to be he at times has been hailed as you know um a a redemption story of Scottish football and which is very true. Um so I think the opportunities are there. Um, going back to just talking about like being put in that awkward position, it did feel like that because I felt like, do I want to buy a season ticket at the start of the season? You know, um, especially after COVID, you know, you just want to go back and support your club after being shut out for the full year. You know, we were lucky up here that we got the um, like those strict number of games around about Christmas time, that December time in twenty twenty, and it was great to get back and it kind of almost reignited the urge to then go back back to normal when the season kind of kicked off again and it does put you in a position where do you want to commit your money do you not you know and yeah fans are fickle the, the biggest attendance I've seen in Dingwall it, it might not be stat wise apart from against the old firm but it was against uh, against Motherwell for that that U, I would say European game you know that we got beat 1-0 and I've not, I've not seen that many people in the home end all season you know and again it's the team's doing well, they might just try and not look at the, the issues in the background and kind of focus on the pitch, which I think the vast majority of fans have tried to do this season. And on the pitch, um the the teams the team's been brilliant. Um I think Marky's actually been very very good with his selections. He's been very good tactically as well throughout the season. You know, I um there's been games where we've gone down to ten men and we've actually looked like the better team with subtle changes he's made. I think like and Dundee United at home just last year, and then um, Motherwell at home just after the winter break. Um, though there was just little changes there, and he's brought the best out of players who look like they were really going to struggle, and they, they did struggle last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really it's been a really weird season in in that aspect.
2: So,
1: cheers, hey, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I just want to jump in and mention this because it is important. Goodwin has never admitted any guilt in any way shape or form. Obviously, I know the reasons why everyone knows the reason why he has not admitted guilt, but I don't think it's fair in any way shape or form. Uh, David Martindale in particular, more so than Malcolm McKay. Malcolm McKay, I think we all, obviously some people might have different opinions, but as far as I'm concerned, he played lip service to his apology and I don't think he's ever fully ever acknowledge why he was wrong. He's, to- he's been told why he's wrong, and he's repeated that, but he's never admitted it outside of that, or he ignores it. Whereas Goodwoodie was guilty, ugh, Right, he's been proved guilty in a civil court, as we did at the time. I don't think it's fair to compare Martindale to the rival of those. Martindale served his time, and has been apologetic and has taken incredible steps in his personal life and professional life to correct that, and I don't think it's fair in any way, shape or form. Compound him into the same bracket as as those other two. One of which is never going to admit any fault because he'll get sued out. He'll, he'll get sent down for it. And the other one, I think he's been given too much of a, of a green pass. I don't think enough has been done. Uh, I think his job at the SFA was a joke. I think getting the Ross County job should never have been in the, in the top of the conversation. And I think it's to Scotland's eternal shame that he was allowed to be the manager for that one in the National, in my opinion.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Laurie?
4: I think it's a difference in the the type of crimes, really, isn't it? I don't want to, you know, we could we could have a an hour long debate about it. I think, like what Charlie was saying, from a Hibbs point of view, that Malky Mackay would it would be a PR thing rather than rather than anything else. Um, if a club thinks they can deal with the PR side of it, and the results will maybe overshadow that, they can maybe do with it. Martindale, I think, is as Jeff says, has been rehabilitated. I think there's certain crimes, and with David Goodwillies, I think rehabilitation is one thing, but you shouldn't be able to rehabilitate in a prominent role like a footballer, in all honesty. So I think that's where the, you know, for getting into sexual crimes and such, like, I think that's where you, you shouldn't be in something like football. I think Martindale served his time. The, the type of crime, obviously, not that it's good, but he served his time and he's been able to rehabilitate. I think he's able to do that. Malky McKay, for me, someone in the middle. It's not that serious you think, well, he should never be involved in football, but I wouldn't particularly want them involved at in my club, so it's kind of down to i suppose individual interpretation at each club. but I think yeah, when you get to the the goodwilly levels of of crime, the Adam Johnsons, et cetera, I think that's where you're like, well, if they serve their time, they can come out and they can get a job and they can contribute to society, but you shouldn't be allowed to to play football and and do something like
1: that
0: uh,
1: Adam.
3: Um yeah, well I was actually just thinking there about obviously at the start of the season, we're all kind of like, oh, managing our team and stuff. How many teams have replaced managers? I think uh, five. One, well, this five. isn't a ticket rangers, Andy, honestly. But yeah, so there must be, there's a fair few. So one, two, um
1: five managers. I think five, five things have changed.
3: It's nearly half. It's quite a lot, actually. For those who've got a new manager. Are you? Although, actually, Ethan probably I would say it's probably going to be a no to this one. But for people, other people, um, were you Charlie's
4: released? Charlie's got a new manager, and that one's gone as well. So, <laughs> yeah, which, which manager do you mean, Erin? Oh one, yeah, the
9: actually, one, or... I forgot you've had yeah, two so you caretakers have three different this,
3: different season, or this season. Uh, I if you include caretakers, I three. And then Dundee have had. To arguably, for Dundee's appointment of Mark McGee was class for the rest of us. Absolutely brilliant, and I, I hope someone employs him because he is prime cinch content. And he's then got more
2: quotes over the season than anyone else you could ever wish for. More quotes brilliant, and
1: points. It? More quotes and
3: he's, points. Honestly, I wonder if it's, I hope he's got his heating on now.
4: Bless imagine him. being able to imagine being able to downgrade on James McPake. That is <laughs> that is some achievement.
3: And has Mick got a new job today? Did I see that?
4: Dunfermline. One,
3: one. Good signing for them. I think he was fine. He probably kept them up. And <laughs> then, Simon I mean? got a new manager. We got a new one. And I'd actually forgotten Andy that that was this season. It feels like it was a long time ago that he was happy and settled.
4: Long I time ago, was Andy was point. punching his Stephen Gerrard cutouts.
6: I think it's a good appointment for Dunfermline. But I'm I'm happy to see him. Uh, Getting another job in football, Dundee kind of have this weird, uh, had this weird streak going on where we would appoint a manager, doesn't work out, and then that manager just never returns into management again. Uh, like for example, John Bomber Brown, uh, Jim McIntyre, uh, Alan Kernigan. Like, there's actually a good, terrifying list of, of, of a good
2: few. That I think Jim like. McIntyre was a great manager. Uh, yeah, of course. We would. Um, well, yeah, you,
1: you, you, nice, you were nice, Ethan, before on the Dundee Derby podcast.
3: Yeah. Ethan, were you disappointed with Mark McGee, or did you think it was a good laugh? <laughs> um, on the football, if, if side, you don't
6: laugh, you cry, Ethan. Let's
12: if
3: you're going to get relegated, you might as well go down in flames.
6: In, in style, yeah. It, it was enjoyable for that. I thought the interviews were class. I've never had so much fun listening to managerial interviews than when Mark McGee was in charge. That was was awesome.
12: I just um, I don't understand how Mark McGee thought taking his clothes off would inspire his players. Like <laughs> it's the equivalent of jab the hut. Like Yeah, but it's so you, much more,
6: you that, game you? more, isn't it? It's so much more entertaining than getting the normal cliches like, oh yeah, no, we'll play for the three points, we'll try to win the game. But no, it's not I, I will strip naked, bollock naked if we win. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. No, I, th- I think if anything, that's why they, they chucked the game against St. Johnson. They wanted to draw, they didn't want the
1: <laughs> the full set of points. Do you think he would have stayed up if McPake had stayed?
6: Uh, personally, I I think so. Because at the point when he had left, people talk about the two victories in a row. I think, obviously, it wasn't good enough in regards to we were struggling to get the victories. But at the same time, he was, I think, six games unbeaten at this point. he just had the January transfer window as well. So he'd been trust, trusted to have his own investment into the squad. Um, bit old school as well. And I think if you give someone that window, they should have the season regardless because uh, now you look at it and it's it's like a shared responsibility. I think, well, no, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna get, let them see past halfway point and they have to see up the job, and then that's completely it, it all on them, what happens next? Yeah, was quite- I was
3: surprised when they sent him because it seemed to be an odd time two weeks before you'd understood yeah. it. And think- then they said basically they've been going through a process, and I was like, Oh right, wow, they must have someone like mm-hmm. really good lined up then. If you know they've been trying to get him in for about a month, oh it must be brilliant. And then they announced Mark McGee and what looked like a caravan
6: absolutely bizarre so the previous two seasons we had under mcpake were kind of the, the same formula uh we start off fairly brightly looking like we've you know we've just not got all the pieces of the puzzle together then we start struggling and then it's the kind of business end of the season where we'll, we we'll pick things up and kind of salvage it this time we didn't get the opportunity obviously and i went on a i went on radio i can't remember what radio, radio station it was um i just remember like barry Felix and all that were, were speaking on it and they'd ask, Asked me, you know, who do I think was coming in? And at the time, I, I generally thought it was going to be Jack Ross because uh, the way I remember it was Aberdeen had not long got away with uh, Stephen Glass. So the, the thinking was, oh, they may be chosen now so that Ross wouldn't be swayed to go to the likes of Aberdeen as it tried, maybe an attempt to try and get him at that point in time. And yeah, when, when Mark McGee was appointed, it just, it was so, it was, it was I was very much shocked because I didn't see why there would need to be a rush for a guy that's, uh, you know, not, you know, out of a job and has been out of a job for like a fair bit. I I didn't really see how um, the timing for any of that made sense. And I'm I'm still very confused by it to this day. Um, and, And yeah, I mean, I was, I'm normally optimistic. I was pretty pessimistic seeing it on paper, but, you know, I wanted to give the guy a chance and see what he could do. Um he did surprise me in some aspects. I mean, don't get me wrong, the record are absolutely pish. Um, but to begin with, I, I, I kind of thought, right, I can maybe see his game management seemed to be a mild improvement. I thought, okay, maybe, maybe there is salvage here. And then after that, 4-0 job in the Livingston, I thought, absolutely not. It's just going to be a long fucking end of the season. Uh, but what one thing I will say about Mark is, is credit though. Um is I I know he gets he gets seen across as being a bit of a a dafty in the media and a bit of an angry man, but in all my encounters with him, I've, I've actually found him to be pretty uh, pleasant and polite. Um, so, so there is that, and he he did have a Q and A with the fans as well to try and connect with them, try and show them what he's trying to do, and I, I appreciate efforts like that. You know that, that kind of normally in football, you can get so many mercenaries in the game; they come in. They failed or whatever, then they leaving that stat. So I do, I do appreciate his efforts for, for things like that. That was a nice, nice wee touch.
1: Do you think you're going to get Jack Ross now? That seems to be the, the chat.
6: Well, right now it seems to be between Jack Ross and Sean Maloney, reportedly, according to Scott Burns. So uh, I think.
3: Are you just Maloney like the Hibs cast off manager club there?
1: Yeah, it's Hybe Civil War. What you um, could do is get Jack Ross for like a few months and then Sean and Maloney, I get and Maloney yeah. later on. Keep him away the him for a few weeks, And
3: then you can get Mark McGee back So we can all have a
1: laugh at <laughs> Great
11: um, plan Danny Sorry Danny do yeah. you want to come in? So yeah just go in um, Just to pick up on that I, Getting rid of McPake After giving him the January transfer window Was just a remarkable patter I mean fair play there But also The Saints fan Saint, Sorry St Saint Johnson fan Sorry Dev um, trying to say something positive about Dundee. Your sort of long-standing record of replacing someone who's a bit rubbish with someone who's truly fucking terrible is is amazing. Like replacing Barry Smith with Bomber, and then replacing Neil McCann with Jim McAnally, and then carrying it on by replacing um, McPake with Mark McGee. To be to be oh, entirely fair flight. with
6: Bomber though, to be
1: entirely fair with Bomber,
6: he actually did almost end up keeping us up at the end. So that's <laughs> Here, that
1: almost... <laughs> the podcast is warming up now. Like earlier on the, the HRL, now it's warming up. Danny, really...
3: yours, your manager was the one. So my mum doesn't really watch she'll watch like if it's on, she'll watch the football. She doesn't like actively hate it, but she's not really interested. But she sees sportsy and stuff, so she kind of knows what's going on a bit. And at Christmas, she bless her, she was convinced that. Um, James McPake was going to be the first manager to get sacked and she thought it was a real shame but she said he's going to be the first one and then she texts me and said well actually, how do I think I think it could be that Callum Davidson at St Johnston turns out actually two days later it was Stephen Glass finally but um, are St Johnston fans what's the view on Callum S- I mean if he hadn't won two Cups he was long gone surely.
11: I oh, was gone it is that is a total kind of worms, Aaron. It is the biggest oh. split down the middle you will get. I mean, Scandal at another. He's call? now got a it's scandalous.
4: This was bigger than the cup wins, though. This was bigger. This was. A- oh yeah, what it time? was
11: bigger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, some of this, He's not helped himself with some of the stuff he's said in the last couple of weeks. He seems
4: a little bit expensive,
12: doesn't he? He just,
11: he just keeps mentioning fans. He's just like, all oh, the fans are going to have to get behind. It's just like, mate, we've been there all season. You know, you might need to turn up at some point, but I think I mean it all gets judged. It's all very fickle, isn't it? Really, and can swing from side to side. As we, to be honest with you, in football in general, but particularly St Johnston, like we are a bit uh, it very sort of fickle and very influenced by what's going on. I remember being on the bus back from the Celtic game. That Celtic game. I mean, how we survived that it's still beyond me. I'm sort of glad he did now, but we had 16 of us on the bus and 15 of us, someone just said, right, stay or go Davidson. 15 of us just immediately went go. And the only other one was one of the um, kindly old blokes from the social club. He said, no, it seems like a nice lad. I don't want to, you know, don't want to see a nice lad get sacked. So that was it. I think, but it, It is so – people are so – I sort of float around the middle, um, mainly because I don't really like seeing people in any walk of life unless they've done something ridiculous, like get sacked. But people are either – it's like to the extent of being a cult with him. It's like he's their own son. It's like, oh, he's done – you know what? I sort of half get it because he was a brilliant player for Saints – still the record transfer feeder clubs ever bought in but that probably says more about saints and transfers in the last 25 years than anything else um cup double winning manager but you sort of just have to see what's in front of you at the end of the day and it's not been particularly great and he, he could have gone at any point in the last four months but he's on a probably the other thing that saved him a The cup double has bought him a lot of favour with a lot of fans still, and probably rightly so. But also the fact he's on, I think he's got three years left on his deal, maybe two, and that would require, if he did get sacked, that would require the Browns paying off a contract, which as long as it hasn't turned into like a Falkirk situation, they're not going to do. Maybe you'll swap places with Dundee next year. Could do. Uh, Who would
3: you like if Ross. you got rid of him?
11: I'd, I, yeah, I, well, Jack Ross is one that stands out for me in terms of realistic targets. I oh, know, McGee. but, ah, oh, McGee would be a great path. <laughs> I mean, there's one... Would, and I, you
3: know what? Sometimes you have to think about the greater good. Yeah. If you get relegated, but we've all had a good time, so be it. Exactly,
11: exactly. It'd be a service to Scottish football. But I think... It, it's going to be a, another appointment from within just because of what will work. it we'll probably be Lane Craig. It's all
1: sort of looking solid for that. Ross and
0: Dave, you've both been you wanting to win for a while. Yeah, no, sorry. I was just going to ask Danny how the board seemed to escape from my viewpoint, selling my and care from under the manager's feet at the end of the transfer window. I contributed massively to what happened at St. Johnson and yet all I saw was online was the manager getting grief but I didn't really see Brown and Cole getting too much grief what is the mood in the fans where I take it they were getting grief but I didn't see much of it online
11: they got the only time that was they really got it got a little bit nasty was well towards the board I should say was immediately probably online immediately after the curve of McCann's cancers, which is how we ended up where we did this season—that was the whole turning, I said turning point. That was—it wasn't so much them going because they were always going to go because they were just way too good. But the fact there was no the, how badly the whole thing was managed, and there was no time. Like I say, it was swept out from under under Davidson's feet. Really, there was no time to bring anyone in apart from a couple of Rush loan signings, and it got nasty. But then it. it they felt so lucky. or well, Steve Brown fell so lucky because it was an international break and we didn't play another game. I remember the first game back was Rangers. We didn't play... That was back 10 days later. So by that point, he'd been able to put a statement out which seemed to appease a lot of people. I will openly admit I was still freaking fuming at that point. But yeah, I think it was just... And again... It's sort of previous days the fact that the Browns have did rescue the club and we've not ended up in any sort of dire strife that a lot of other clubs have really. I've, I, yeah, there the will come a point. Well there will come a point.
0: They're a very well run football club. I think everybody in Scottish football appreciates that they're very well run, but it's a bit like we we're talking about James McPeak getting a transfer window and then sacking them five minutes later was mental. Selling two of your best players (laughs) with no time to replace them was fucking mental. (laughs) Fucking mental. I I never, ever, ever understand. I understand that clubs come in at the last minute with with deals. I totally get that. But why clubs take them when they've got no chance of replacing those players, I never, ever know. I still don't understand how transfer deadline day works. Why teams... I mean, remember, we saw actually... Hibs come in for Jamie McGrath at, like, fucking 5 to 12. Go, right, you give us, Jamie, we'll give you Scott Allen and fucking uh, Dre Wright. And like, how can you get a deal like that done in five minutes? It makes no sense to me. Um, and, yet, and yet St. Johnson sold two crown jewels and yeah. got a pittance into the bargain and basically wrecked her whole season. It was just mind-blowing mentalness for me. It was
11: mind-blowing. The Kerr one, a half got. And I say half because they have options at centre half. Nobody's good as Jason Kerr, as we quickly discovered. But you, he only had a year left on his contract. McCann had two years left. He, you know, you make him sit out and you you sit him down and say, look, Just hold this out until January," and then we probably would have been in a better position. Might have been, you know, because we also had a league worked out this season. Obviously, nobody could have seen that with about eight teams in the middle of it, about you know, with a Risler in between them. So, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, it's still,
10: <laughs> it still, still stings. Um, we'll
11: come
0: past-
10: back. We get us back in there. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Um, I was just going to ask if it feels like. Davidson's obviously got this season as a bit of a, you know, goodwill gesture, well done for for last year, obviously. If he then gets off to a bad start next season, he's obviously, similar to have had the transfer window, brought in his own players. But if he has a a bad opening 10 games, does that then really, really put him under pressure?
11: Yeah, I think think the voice is that... I think a few more people maybe... hook I always try to stay just for the sake of sort of being reasonably impartial on our podcast just to sort of toe the line a little bit. Um but people who are more are on the fence may swing the may swing that way or probably will the voices that are already pretty loud that want him gone. And there's plenty still today saying, you know, well done for last night, but go. So, but I don't think it'll change that sort of hardcore group. I called them a cult before. That was a bit disrespectful, but it is like they are totally sort of beholden to And I I genuinely just don't think that will change. it's It's all going to come down the board again. It's whether they feel significant pressure in terms of maybe losing revenue or maybe they think the point that he can't turn it round but it looked that way this season and they never pulled the trigger so who knows mate I don't know um, it, and it's probably quite a bit of like Belair but it's it is going to be all changing the squad so it's transfer work hasn't been great this year They maybe think give him another stab at that see what he can do over the summer but I'm not overly hopeful given the way he's gone this term. I mean, 19 players bought in was just a bit of scattergun, so it needs to be a bit more, bit more focused. And we are losing so many, well, potentially losing so many players. We'll come yeah,
1: back. we to that... we'll come back to the bottom sets because I was going to bring in McGill. We've been waiting to bring him for a while because we covered. The I believe top...
3: Scott Scott's got nothing to say on this season, nothing
1: at all. No, he's got plenty. We've got because we covered the top sets, but Scott kind of get like left out, so. Scott, see at the start of the season, when Andrew took over, and after yeah. seven games, there was a wee bit of, like, what's going on here? Do you think there was any pressure there at all? I don't think Well, like, trust the process.
5: Mate, there's been a rebuild. That's been it. We've actually won the league with a rebuild. How I mental is that, man? Honestly, um, you go back to, you're talking about the the um, first seven games. One of, one of the games, sorry, Ethan, I was at it when it was the they were still under the COVID restrictions and we tanked Dundee 6-9. It was some of the best football I've seen in God knows how long. It was unbelievable. Like um, I don't know how to put it, but the, the, only, folk, the only people that were actually calling for like, an answer to it was actually people outside the Celtic. The majority of Celtic fans wanted to keep Ange. No, no that. They, knew the, they knew the job at the start of the season. Because of the mess that Lennon, Lowell had left the club in, the best thing about this season has actually been we've actually focused on ourselves. Last year, it was all about focusing on 10 and... <clears throat> sorry. Um, it, it just kind of seemed like it was more kind of watching what Rangers were doing at the same time. Rather than this season, as I say, it was watching ourselves to make sure we were doing the right thing and they got us over the line we've well again I just says no focus in Rangers but they, they, there was a 12 point swing between their points that actually again talking about Ethan actually because we played Dundee in the late February where we're, I think we were 2 nothing up and they brought it back to 2 each and we actually won with like the last kick of the blocker and Jack and Mackey, stuff like that Um. Aye, mate, I think we've been absolutely sensational since the turn of the year, and Ange a man to stay on for. I don't know, game's lifetime contract. Keep him. Do you, think, do you think it helped? He just had a clean slate, effectively. I, I think so, mate. Aye, there was so much bad blood and poisonous attitude towards everyone in Celtic for, for the last season into this season, and then we've we'll ended up with a new CEO who I've never actually heard anybody really talking about Nicholson in God knows how long and you've got a new manager who's actually kept the same backroom backroom team as the season before give or take a couple of boys that he's maybe brought in but nobody's really spoke about any of that it's all just went amiss because we've been playing so well it's crazy man
1: and then January you get criticised because everyone was laughing at your signings. so it's folk coming in from Japan and folk coming in from MK Dons mainly we you'd have to say from Andy's side but we're like who are these guys when uh, they were signing absolute wildies like Aaron Ramsey he, he, oh, sorry Andy that, Sorry, Andy. was
5: that Aaron Ramsey or was that, <laughs> was, that Shane, was that Shane Duffy you are talking about oh no Shane <laughs> Duffy's replacement he was a kid on this year like, we had Duffy last year and everybody slaughtered him but come on Aaron Ramsey was meant to be watch Chris Boyd's interview with Sky Sports News oh my god I thought I thought they were actually bringing Messi, but I don't know. Let's not talk about Rangers. That's that's bad. Can't do that. Oh,
3: well, is um is Big Andrew for ten in a row?
5: <laughs> he can stay for as long as he wants him. Honestly, you
3: you you're a huge fan of him, yeah.
5: I want I want him to tuck me into my bed at night. He can be my new dad. He does God. seem.
3: Do you know what? I think he's quite funny. He does seem like
7: a
5: nice man. Uh, you ever watched any of his interviews with the Australian media? Like He actually just kind of, there's, there's no hidden agenda to him. He's just, a, as you say, he's just a genuine guy. Like He's brilliant. And he's getting and, his wee special in Australia, but without Rangers. I don't know if am not about that, yeah. Um, um, I think they might owe, actually owe their money, but I'm no, not too sure on how that works. But
6: I think it's fascinating uh, that Celtic fans have taken to him a lot more than they, they took to Brendan Rodgers when he was at the club too.
2: Because Brendan oh. Rodgers was uh, Brent... They would
5: grant money, so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Big Ange wouldn't be leaving left 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 left. after
3: nine and a half in a row, now would he? <laughs> he wouldn't do
5: that to you, Scott. See, see what, see what Rodgers, though? You're talking about Rodgers, Ethan. Like, he was... <clears throat> you seen, you seen the fanfare when he actually came in. It was, obviously, it's the first time and it's the only time I've ever seen fans inside Celtic Park to see a new manager. But at the same time, Brendan Rodgers... I know we had the invincible season and that was a br- that was brilliant, but the football was good, but this football's better. Honestly, it's it's never boring. It's always attacking and it's... <laughs> It'll end up letting us down next year in Europe probably, more than likely, but...
1: That's the only thing, Scott, because it's going to be the same mistakes as Rodgers when they never had a plan B when it came to Europe. And you look at Rangers, again, you can criticise maybe Rangers sometimes for maybe not being as attractive to watch, but we've seen in Europe that they're
5: pretty good you well know, it depends who we bring in in the, in the summer in my opinion because you're going to need to try and get a new left back Taylor, Taylor for me is a brilliant domestic player when he comes into Europe he'll get caught out if we keep manage to keep Carter Vickers at centre half alongside Starfield I think we'll have a solid enough partnership to maybe do a wee bit in Europe You need the players in the middle of the park as well to connect. He started well when he first came in, but I think he's kind of blew out because of the amount of football he's played. You maybe need support in there to kind of keep that going. In Europe, I bet, I don't know, I don't think you can get much better than the players that we have got, but you've always got to strive better than what we've got in the middle of the park. And you never know what we could do next year with the competition, if we get better competition in there. See the one thing on that
1: though I would say from Rangers' point of view that's where they've struggled this year domestically because they never really improved the first team the actual first team whereas you can't afford to go into that season and
5: just go with the same team and have backup players it needs to be starters Rangers have been the only team this year that actually had for Hibs Giovanni van Bronckhorst never went into the dugout to play against Hibs but um, uh, we, we, need to, um, we need to we do need to improve for Europe itself but I don't see him changing the system at all, but in, in domestic football it's unbelievable. It, it works well. Like I definitely. Uh, Ewan, you wanted to come in? Yeah, I was just gonna say, Scott, when
12: when you finally won at Livingston, was that the moment you realised Celtic were going to win the league?
5: <laughs> Mate, that was like the that was like the second coming of Jesus, man. I didn't think <laughs> that was gonna happen. See, see when you go back at the stats and you look at that and obviously bar this season one and then. It was Derek Ryder that scored in the game. So <laughs> beat you. we were uh, try,
12: We were trying to get into your heads by saying, oh, it's been like 12 years since Celtic have won. Granted, at least seven of those years we weren't in the same league, but, you know,
5: yeah, <laughs> it, makes the, it makes the record sound a bit better, eh? Um, yeah, it's, it has been. It's one, it's you were, one. You were many... for Auntie Thistle last time they beat you. <laughs> it is one of the more difficult grounds to go to, and. Everybody knows about the plastic pitches, you hear about it all the time. I think it's just a mentality thing when you actually go there. There's nothing else to it. You've got a tight ground. Granted that the majority of the crowd is actually Celtic fans when we come to play is right enough, but I don't know if that just adds to the pressure that it feels it feels like you're right on top of the ground and top of the park like every time you're there.
12: It's, it's a beautiful weekend. The pitch is immaculate as well. I won't hear anything bad said about the <laughs> pitch. I'd like to welcome Kilmarnock, our plastic brothers, to the Premiership next season as well. <laughs>
5: <laughs> at, least, at least when you're at Livingston, if there's a wee bit of traffic, you just go and do a wee bit of shopping before you take it How from the Kilmarnock
1: Town Centre? Oh, silence. Move on. <laughs> watched? Is, if you, you, you want to say something.
4: It's it's when people get um, you know, talk about long deals for managers and I think we we're hearing about Callum Davidson with three years left on his deal. I never understand clubs, especially in Scotland, giving managers long contracts. It's just I wish I wish there was a calculation that showed how much clubs have actually made from receiving compensation to actually having to pay out compensation to sack managers all the time. And I know like Ange Postecoglou's done a brilliant job at Celtic. You can you can't argue with that, but he will not change his approach in Europe. He will do what Brendan Rodgers did. He will play high press, he'll play. I know it's a different it's a slightly different style from Rodgers, I get that, but Rogers' problem was he tried to go toe to toe with teams that were much better than him and got torn to shreds. And Ange will play that. He'll he'll push he'll push the wing backs into centre midfield. He'll he'll play that attacking and press. And it's all well and good when you're playing fish like Hearts and and Hibs and Motherwell and whatnot. But when you start playing bigger teams in Europe, it won't work quite as well. And and that's when things start to unravel. And that ten year deal you wanted them to. To get suddenly looks a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more risky.
5: Obviously, obviously that's tongue in cheek, mate. Talking about ten years, but Celtic for for years now. But by the Rodgers when it's been like we've done twelve twelve month rolling contracts for managers, and people say what are you doing that for? That's short blah blah blah. But it's the best way to work. It's the best way to work in the boot, something like that, because you're not paying it massive compensation. I mean, I think the prime example, obviously, taking it away from Scotland, but as Alan Pardew won at Newcastle, when they got was it seven years or something? ago? I still can't believe that actually like, happened right enough. But I as I say in Europe, but I think I think we'll all end up going toe to toe with these big teams, but it is a totally different style because the way we play now is more condensed in the middle of the park rather than Rodgers was trying to play wide way. The way we played in the in the flanks as well as playing it further back, but was, the the Rodgers style was more passive. I thought because you were kind of knocking it, but not about trying to tire teams out. You will never tire these teams out. That you're going to play in Europe. You need to catch them the counter, and I think that's what actually the Celtic teams really good at is getting the ball down and going. Your, your hero actually, Craig Gordon, used to frustrate me with it. there was no getting the ball forward quick enough. When he was at Celtic, sometimes, but Joe Hart seems like he's actually the opposite now. He he's looking for the next pass straight away as soon as he gets the ball. To be fair, was that not
4: partly how Rodgers played? He wanted them, uh, the keepers I, to to roll out to to give it to centre backs. Slow, quite liked a controlled kind of pace, didn't he?
5: One hundred percent. Me, that's what I'm talking about. It being passive, but again, I think the only reason the two of them are actually getting. Compared to quite a lot is because of the fact that there'll no change of style. It's not actually the styles themselves because I think I think they're completely different. Granted they are attacking, but you're always an attacking style when you're at Celtic, that's just what it is. But uh, I'm actually after what I've seen this year, getting a fully fit Celtic side for next season. And then adding a couple more in, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing about it, mate. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at boys like Kyogo that he has had a long term injury just there. He played a long played a long season in Japan and came straight into our team. He was playing every week. And it's it's high intensity. This the pace that these boys got. Um back to me either, sorry, uh, i I've never seen a player that like chases down like that in Scottish football anyway. And the way that when he is when he is doing the high press, he doesn't he back out. He actually tries to say, no leave a mark, but he, he tries to let the defender or the goalkeeper. I've seen him doing it. with goalkeepers. He tries to let them know he's there, and he doesn't give him a minute's peace. I'd like to know his stats for sprints per game, because I, I don't think he ever takes a rest. Like unbelievable. Um,
1: I just wanted to bring Andy, and I notice everyone in Zoom seems to have a yellow hand, but Andy, you've got a red hand there. Uh, what's your point? <laughs> don't know why
7: was a bit. Um yeah, just just uh obviously it was hard listening to Scott there for, for whatever reason it was. I don't know if it was a signal or whatever, but it was hard to listen to. But um uh, no, listen, fair for play to Scott, you know, he at the start of the season, uh, where everybody gave their predictions and stuff, he, he backed he backed his new manager and, and backed his team and, and as I said on, on before, rightfully so. And it uh, ha- has paid off for Celtic, bring, you know, taking a gamble uh, and bringing in a, a, a manager who hasn't really been, you know, who hasn't been in British football and, and the, the, the club has took a big risk. Um you know, you were saying about uh, the, the Rangers situation. I, I think um, given the Celtic won the league, uh, themselves and and people can't say you know Rangers the coefficient and stuff have, have gift wrapped them in the, into the challenge League group stages and and all the rest of it. In my opinion, going back the last summer, Rangers stood still as as league champions and and the boards stood still and and didn't back the, the manager Gerard um, with the the correct signings and enough quality brought in and I, and I think Celtic you know, overall had played good football under Postacoglu and and he did bring in uh, certain players to, to strengthen the team and, and his uh, philosophy and style of play has has worked to a certain extent and and just to add on that, I think, um, in, in my own opinion, I, I don't know if Scott would agree or anybody else would agree that um, as Postacoglu has his team set up to play Fast, you know, pace, football, closing down, and stuff like that, to to a certain level in the game, and then and change it over. Um, but uh, uh, in my opinion, I think Celtic, you know, took took a gamble last summer. Uh given what had went on the previous season, uh, they they couldn't have got much worse. But the players that brought in, as I said, they did strengthen. In, in certain areas in, in quality and in depth as well and, and they've done well uh this season or or last season as it is now and and they won the league and and I think Celtic won't make the mistake that Rangers did last summer. Uh and I think Celtic will given the money that they will get or the budget they'll get that they will add uh quality and, and strength for uh, the league, and domestic football, but also in European football as well.
1: I think when you see a rebuild at Rangers, obviously players out of contract, and then was it like a Kent, a Rebo, out of contract 2024?
7: Yeah, well, I think regardless if we won the league or Europa League or what we didn't win or were to win in and, and the season just past, we do need to refresh the squad. You know, the majority of that squad have been together for four, five years. And um, there is players whose loan deals have, have passed and uh, will go back to the parent clubs. Players who are out of contract, players who may well get extended deals and players who will be out of contract at the end of next season. Um, so, yeah, we will have to bring in, bring in players and we will see players go as well. And uh, can only just hope that we we do replace the the, the players with similar quality, but also as a step up in quality as well. You know, in my opinion, uh, and I know a lot of people wrote him off, John Lundstrom. Um, at, at last summer we brought him in; he was unfit and and stuff like that. There, he's not good enough. He shouldn't be at Ibrox, you know. For myself included for, for Rangers fans saying he's the best on earth and all the rest of it. You know, he is he's a very, very, very good player. And he has added a lot to the club and, and the team and has seemed to got a lot out of, of other players as well towards the end of the season. So we do need to add uh add quality to to hopefully uh go for another title challenge and and challenge for Cups and and Europe and stuff, if if all being well we do qualify for whatever competition it may be. But uh, yeah, changes will will be made and, and have to be made as well. I Scott, you wanted to reply to that? It
5: uh, just as Andy's talking about Lundstrom. The thing about Lundstrom is it it put it does uh, 2000s was he set to me to get. He, if he does get the players on the bottom that uh, Andy's looking for, well, you never know what Rangers could actually do next year. I felt as if they, they actually fell away kind of powder puff this season. But if you can build a team round that laddy, who knows what you can do next year? But obviously, I'm still confident for us.
7: And no, I, I agree with you, Scott, and, and rightfully so you should be confident as as current league champions and going into the new season, as I say, you will you will uh, add a bolster the squad uh, yourselves, but I agree with you. And in, in my opinion, we should be building not not build the team around lunchton but building in terms of that sort of quality. But again, who who knows what the budget van Bronckhorst may get, but I think the board and the club need to learn their lesson from last summer. Get the business done early and and give give the manager money to spend. But as I say, how much money that'll be, who knows. Uh, we'll
1: move back to the bottom six. Ewan, is Martindale, should Martindale be a contender for manager of the season?
12: I think, I think he's done a, rem- a remarkable job given uh, the start to the campaign. I think we had it was at least 15 players move on and 15 come in the door. A lot of big players like Marvin Bartley retired, John Guthrie went down south as well, so it, was, it wasn't just squad players, it was you know, first team regulars pretty much spine of the team and I think we had four points after the first eight games. It was looking a bit squeaky bum, I think after we lost uh, home to St Mirren, he was having a bit of a dig at the fans as well, but I think I, I remember saying on our podcast, I think we'd won two games in 20 in the league since our unbeaten run, finished just before the cup final. So he was under a bit of pressure. But I think the the big turning point for us was when we beat St. Johnston at McDermott, where FA Ambrose produced a couple of superb assists for us that day. <laughs> and, and then we went up to, to Ross County the following week and won as well. Uh, last minute winner up there. And we to be fair, we were absolute dug shite that day. <laughs> In fact, Ross County were bottom of the league at the time. That was the point I realised they were not going to get relegated when I saw them in the flesh. They were excellent against us. But I think that was the that was the big turning point for us. Got to the, the winter break, we picked up a couple of, of big results away at, away at Tannadice and, and we beat Hibbs at home as well. I think that was Jack Rossi's last game in charge. In fact, fun start for you, we have beat Hibs three times in the last six months and they've had a different manager in the dugout everything, <laughs> But... That was, uh, that was a big turning point but I think when we came back from the winter break as much as Bruce Anderson had been very good first half of the season, he kicked on a different level uh, second half of the season in terms of his play outside the box and, and linking the game, he was excellent. Alan Forrest was getting linked with every club under the sun so he instantly upped his game for just about every week in the second half of the season and you know it, it come... The way I would put it, it's a, it's a bit of a season of what could have been. You're looking back at that that Motherwell game. I'm sure Andy will have a grin on his face with, uh the late the late equaliser from Ricky Lamy. So, had we got into the top six, I genuinely think we would have got into Europe because I think we would have had that bit of momentum going in. But at the end of the day, it's our second highest points tally in top in our top flight uh, since we've been in the top flight. Including our first spell in the top flight, I think it's our second highest amount of wins in a, in a top flight campaign as well. So it's an incredible campaign when you look at the playing budget being 1.2 million every year. I think uh, I think Davy's done a, a remarkable job in some of his recruitment. Really, really paid off, especially the the deal we done with Bruce Anderson. I'm sure that I'm sure that doesn't hurt Aberdeen fans at all that you <laughs> actually gave us money to take Bruce and get Jet.
1: Evan's too busy You know, dinner. But uh, outside of Rangers and Celtic, though, Levy were actually the form team of 2022.
12: I know it was it was a remarkable, as I say, turning results. I think
3: That's I've because got... you offloaded your worst player to us. So <laughs> cheers. And Bruce Anderson, Bruce Anderson, who was absolutely rubbish, rocked up at you and started playing football. We, there's something like witchcraft or something that goes on, right? Players look good. They come to us and I think, finding mm, players because they had a good game against us not sure about this Paris May, Stevie May uh, Callum Henry um, Jet so not not that keen on it but fine they come to us and every single ounce of talent just vanishes then they go away again Callum Henry what's going on I'd have him back at this rate
1: absolutely ridiculous I, I would say Bruce Anderson never got enough chances at Aberdeen that's my opinion okay Quote, I'll quote Bruce Anderson at our
12: player of the year when he got asked what's his thoughts on Aberdeen and he said I can't fucking stand them. So he's no, he he's, did really, not. he's really taken to the to the He did not crowd.
3: say
12: that. I, that is a quote. It, it
3: absolutely <laughs> isn't. Don't make me put them on my once a dawn, always a don, but not you list. There's only two on there right now.
12: Well, to be fair, you say and that we gave you a terrible player and Jet he was our second top goalscorer when we gave you him. <laughs> yeah,
3: so he wasn't was- a bad
12: he wasn't a bad player when we
3: gave you him. What's happened? He's come up to Aberdeen, he's been fighting into the rowies and look at him. I've seen Milk turn quicker. It was honestly one of the worst players we've had in a long time.
7: Erin, who's the two on your list?
3: The two players that are my hashtag once a dawn was a dawn, but not for you ones. Um, how? Do <laughs> oh. uh, you know what? I reckon there might be two of your best players at the moment, Andy.
7: John Lundstrom and Calvin Bassi.
3: I think <laughs> you're two best. Yeah, I mean, kissing the badge when you're from Tilly Drone, wind it in.
1: Absolute nonsense, baby. It's been like, it's Aberdeen players, aren't it? Jack, Wright, Stevie
7: May? No. Is Ross McCrory on us? No, Ross McCrory's fine. Lewis
3: Ferguson?
7: No. I don't know what you're alluding
1: to, Andy. Andy, Andy, come on.
3: It's fine. I mean, you know what? If you want to pop across to Seville and have yourself a wee trip, it's fine. Fine. fine.
1: Erin would have been there. See if she'd got hospitality, Erin would have been
3: there. I would, Well, well...
1: you would have Grant. You would have. I know you would have been. So I
3: wouldn't. I would have been in the Frank Grand. I oh, genuinely, so I've never been invited to
7: re- I hospitality, but I think I would have to say I've seen can the I catering just, and
3: non-hospitality, I
7: would turn that one down. Can I just add, and I forgot to say before the recording started, but up in an hour, just on the hospitality catering side of things, and, and I know we all love uh, love our pies, I tried the kebab pie at Hamden on Sunday for the first time. That's uh, probably my new favourite player. That's
3: good. Oh, no, I do
7: have a question.
3: I've got two questions at the end. Quickfire at the end.
1: We might not um, manage it. We might not manage Quickfire, I'll be honest. We might not manage Quickfire. We'll
3: just do it really quickly right now. Everyone has to say, for their team, their best player of the season. Mine is Ross McClary for us. Or Johnny Hayes.
6: Jason Hope. Brian Sweeney. Callum McGregor,
11: Efe Ambrose,
5: kelly Ryan Regan <laughs> Charles Cook, and Ramsey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See on the subject of Alan Forrest, actually, that you was making an earlier, and Ross mentioned about Regan Cook. Uh, sorry, Charles Cook. Do you think they can step up and play for a so-called bigger team in the Premiership?
12: Um. I'm on the fence with Alan Forrest if he could if he could make that step up I think I reckon he's going to end up down at Fleetwood with Scott Brown personally but he's been linked with Hearts quite a bit I could I could see him being a squad player at Hearts obviously Hearts are going to have European football till the turn of the year the way Hearts set up with almost the two inverted tens I reckon he would fit into that especially because he Alan typically plays on a left hand side comes in he almost has a trademark finish where he whips it into the far corner I think he would actually fit into that system with Harts, and it might allow Boyce to almost play as a nine rather than playing a bit deeper but I think he's got the capabilities to do it he, he's a bit streaky though is the best thing I would say about Alan Forrest they had a, he had a good first half to the season sorry second half to the season but he was a bit in and out but our form was a bit in and out as well in the first half of the campaign so
1: Maybe Zai, maybe Norris, if he could do that. Aye, hey, Bruce, What about you, Charles Duke. Um,
10: honestly, I don't know. I mean, last last year, he he was really really poor, and when we announced our kind of re, uh, retain list for um for the season just passed, I don't think anyone would have batted an eyelid if if he was one of the players that was released. Uh, and then he got off to a good start, and then he had that purple patch around about just after the winter break until about February. And then since then, I think he's played okay, but he's not... He wasn't at levels he was, obviously, in the months prior, and that's that's understandable. I think it's strange because he was linked with Hibbs, I guess, towards the end of the January window. But then other than that, it, it's gone quiet with who's kind of been interested in him, I guess, you know. They mentioned like teams down in England and things like that. And, you know, he might want to move closer to his family and things like that. So he might he might just take the jump straight down to England and take a payday, you know, and and that's totally understandable. I think I think he would do I think he would do well at uh, a Hibs, a hearts and Aberdeen. But I don't think I don't think he would be the player that he has been this season because I don't think he would get the you know um for us, he's been our he's been our uh, go-to player for the vast majority of the season, whereas Cube might be in and out of the team at these kind of bigger clubs. So he's not going to get that run in the team to show level consistency. Yeah. No Just chart. because
6: it's good doesn't mean you should. You're right, he's got a really good thing going on at Ross County, so I think you should stick with him.
1: He's out of contract, though, isn't he? So yeah, well,
10: Aye, there's a uh, there's a deal on the table for him, apparently. But again, that's you know, it might just be, you know, if you want to stay, you can you can stay. But if he goes and gets, you know, six, seven, eight grand a week down in England, you, you can't
1: begrudge him for doing that. So Aye. Charlie, gonna to come to you. Now we spoke earlier about St Johnson letting go of players. Boyle obviously when your season was going pretty much it was all right. It was maybe a bit less than what you're expecting. Did that kill the season? That and Nesbitt much injured? I think it did. I think, it did. I think
9: we finished We finished third last season, um, got to a Scottish Cup final and got to a semi-final League Cup because Martin Boyle was the best player outside the old firm in the country, I would argue, um, and then was our top goal scorer and then you get a £3 million offer for a team like Hibbs. You can't turn it down, can you? Um, he's over there, life-changing money, and um, by, and he scored a hat trick in the semi final against Rangers in November. Um, you know that our season was going great well. as well. Aye, probably was.
4: <laughs> he was. He was absolutely smashed on the way back from international duty a few days um, before that. To so make I, it more think, impressive,
9: aye. Who would ever thought we'd be three nil up against them within half an hour? But aye, season season derailed when he left, um, and I think that's probably what ha- what cost Sean Maloney his job, not having his best player. Um, Sean Maloney style of football probably would have worked with Boyle, um, but I, I think in Nisbet getting injured. Ah, uh, I'm personally not a big fan of Nisbet, but when he's out the team, you see what he's what he brings to the team. He was dropping deep to get the ball. He was offering a lot, and and I wish he had a prolific striker next to him because Deutsch got injured, never recovered. Melkerson, nineteen, kind of on him for goals, and James Scott, um, obviously. 21 years old, like they're not really experienced footballers. Um so I, I think I think that really derailed the season for us when when both
1: of them left the team. Do you think you were hasty getting rid of Maloney or do you think it was a light call?
9: Well, I I called for his head after the semi-final. I think you can lose twice the hearts in a week. Laurie's gonna love that. Um and keep your job, in my opinion, I think. I think um, I do a podcast myself and um, I think me and the other boys were saying that it's time for him to go. Like, I, his football is very negative, um, very pass-orientated. pass, pass orientated. There's no real attacking threat. The only game I've seen him play good football was probably the one when we played at Dundee United on Boxing Day. Um, we won 3-1. I think that was really where it clicked. And then ever since then,
1: that was awful football, really. Aye, uh, you excited about your appointment? Four-year deal. I think someone mentioned there about like long-term deals. Like, surely at Hibbs, it should be a four-month deal.
9: We've got we've got three managers on the books.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs>
9: it's just like, but to be fair, like Lee Johnson, I think he's done well wherever he's been. Like, in a, he won Sunderland the trophy, which which is few and far between for them. He's done well at Bristol City. done all right. At Oldham. He's brought in a cracking keeper and David Marshall brought in. From what I've heard, Leeds' is Best Academy prospect, the deal we've offered Regan Charles Cook a deal today. So we'll see if he comes. Um so I think it's got all the makings of a, a positive one, but we've seen it with the board like social media with Jack Ross, the fans wanted them out, they they, they were trigger happy. We only got nineteen games. So I'm hoping it's a four year deal rather than a four four month one. But I I think to Lee Johnson's Positive side, he's got the full summer um, to bring in his players. League Cup group stage, it's no ideal, but it gives him a chance to bed in the style of football he wants. So, I'm quietly confident for next season. Uh, European football isn't trendy anymore. No one
1: can European football, but as you say, though, total. like see players coming in the early, it does help because that means mm-hmm. that Johnson can implement style. And yep. on the face of it, McGregor, uh, Marshall, good signing, Aye. And, um, and then the boy Kenner leads, I suppose, like pretty highly rated. I think they wanted to keep him. He was going to be nowhere in their first team So eh, Gives you a feel pre-season Get other players in early as well Though Mm -hmm. January felt like a good win for Hibs And uh, Didn't quite work out that way
9: No not at all
1: Um, I think the most people ever Are trying to cover in this one I think first of all Was Ewan possibly Um, But I've kind of lost track
12: Yeah just kind of Touching on Hibs I think they were a bit Trigger happy to get rid of Ross when, When they did I know It's kind of difficult one to call because I think the run of results at the time you can understand the club getting rid of them but given what he'd done the previous season I think he probably deserved a bit more time but I think correct me if I'm wrong Charlie I think it was the style of football because Ross was maybe a bit more pragmatic but I think almost Hibs needed a manager that was a bit more pragmatic and you could see the success that he got the season before but we played Hibs just after the winter break at Easter Road when Maloney I think Maloney had maybe been in for four or five games I, I... and even then I remember speaking to the guys that do long bangers and even then they were kind of questioning Maloney very early doors. And I think we made a tactical tweak in that game and just pushed 15 yards further up the park second half yeah. because Messi was trying to play the ball from goal kicks inside the six-yard box to the centre-halves to play out. It was, it was actually so predictable, Maloney's style of football. And as you say, playing passes for the sake of playing passes all the time and we tore hips to shreds in the second half. So I, I'm not surprised... Maloney got punted when he did because I yeah. almost feel like Maloney should have gone in and just got results and then looked at pre-season to go and start implementing his style I think sometimes managers are so keen to put this philosophy thing in place and I think Maloney kind of fell foul
9: of that I think the board were the board feared that we were going to go down which when you look at Sir Johnson and Dundee there was no danger we were ever finishing in the relegation uh, playoffs but playoffs are going down um, full on but I, I think, I think they bought into the they bought into this young ambitious manager and it never worked. And I'm, I'm glad they've brought in someone like Johnson who's got that nearly 500 games of management experience,
1: which is crazy at the age of 40.
9: Aye, <laughs> aye, it really is.
1: Um, I feel it's going to be a pile on here because like Ethan oh, and Laurie are going right. to join in here. <laughs> um, I think Ethan might have been first.
6: I was going to say like when it comes to talk about Hibs, well, it's the two two men we mentioned earlier, Ross and Maloney. Like with the uh, Dundee job right now, as reported through Scott Burns, very reliable Scott Burns. I think Lee Johnson's a really good appointment for Hibbs. I, I think he'll probably be a very good appointment. I I think um, Ross and Maloney were treated a little harshly in the way they were let go. I think, again, with Ross taking them to a cup final, and yeah, it was a poor domestic season. But like, I think everyone in the league was has been pretty disappointed below. Um, Blue Celtic, everyone's been disappointed. So I, th- I kind of felt that if they'd stuck with him, um, it would have worked, worked itself out. And what annoyed me with Maloney was um, when they brought him in, it's his first ever managerial job. Um, you know, if you're going to take on the rookie, I feel like, as you say, he needs pre-season to then implement his philosophy, his ideas, summer transfer window. I, I don't agree with the, the idea of having him the three months and saying, actually, no, we'll just bring him here and now. And... Uh, with with the two with the two that are being in the job, the way I see it is, I'd be absolutely delighted if Jack Ross came in, and I hope it's Jack Ross that gets the job. But I, I'd also be fairly excited with the prospect of Maloney as well. I feel the, there is a manager in there somewhere because you don't you don't manage you don't be assistant manager of Belgium with some of the the world's best players if there's absolutely no degree of you know
4: Ian Ian Cathro still gets top coaching jobs. He is. Not, and never was a manager. Yeah. Sean, could, Sean could, Maloney falls into that category. I feel.
1: I'm, I'm, not. Could it, be, could it be Maloney's a good coach, but just not a good manager? There's, think there's a
12: different. Good. There's a difference between coaching Kevin De Bruyne and Jake Doyle Hayes and trying <laughs> to get them to do the same thing. So, I, I think that's again, what Maloney was trying job, to do
6: bro. for his first ever job midway through the season, given three months. I don't think it's entirely fair to judge all his managerial credentials on that stint alone. I think if again, if he came to a club similar to Dundee or like Dundee, given the summer, that then seemed to come from there. That would then be fair to kind of judge him because then there's, there's really no uh, excuses there. Um, but no, I, I do think Johnson will prove to be a really good appointment for Hibs. Um,
1: Goss, I think you wanted to come in as well for
10: your take on Hibs. Um, yeah, it was a little bit amusing just at the start of the January transfer window when um, Arsenal recalled Harry Clark to then send him to Hibs. Um, one of the first things he was quoted in saying is, you know, he's looking forward to playing top six football as the season goes on. <laughs> and um that went that went very well. Um but just the, the the January transfer window as well, from from what I've watched anyway, um likes of signing players like Ewan Henderson and things like that, I thought that was a bit of a a bit of a worry almost from then because when he was in Dingwall, okay, I understand it's a different style of football, but he he just did not stand out at all in a in a poor county team, um. And then he went back to Celtic and kind of floated around there a little bit. And then to then get the loan deal, and then it's he's signing a long contract. I think from the summer, isn't it? It's like a pre-contract.
9: Got him on a four-year deal, I think.
10: See, I, I, I that was already a little bit a little bit alarming. But I guess that was the kind of technical player he was looking to try and bring in and implement a style with. But it just screamed a bit of a a bit of a worry there and then and okay January is tricky month to sign players in but you know if that's the if that's the players he's going for
1: might be a bit worrying um, Laurie you've been waiting patiently to I, I mean the up. thing is
4: I didn't have some massive point to make it was more just talking about manager contracts and I always find it amusing a lot of managers when they get into discussions have to weigh up whether they need to take, whether they take a new job and whether it's worth it because they're getting paid by their previous job. And a lot of these deals are based on, so they got sacked by X club and they just pay them every month until they get a new job. And sometimes not getting a job is worth more, but in Italy, what they sometimes do is bring another manager back. So they, they keep sacking managers. They don't remove their contract. They just take them from away from the job. And some teams in Italy, what they do is they'll, they'll remove a manager from his job, get a new manager in and they've got so many managers on the contract, they're like, we'll just bring someone else back in. So I think it was at Udinese, they got rid of, was it Tudor? They got rid of the manager, got someone else in. That failed, got rid of them. And I think third manager down, they're like, we need to get someone else back. So he got sacked. I think he got sacked twice from the same club in the space of a year. So I think we need more of that in Scottish football. Stop, you know, like rather, they should have just gone back to Jack Ross now, Hibs, just for banter. Just get someone else back in. What about going go back
9: to Craig
1: when shit Is that
9: is that the same as you calling for Nielsen's head because Hibs pumped you at the cup that year that we then won the cup that you then bring him back he gets pumped off Broa uh, Bro Rangers uh, and now you love him like you know what I mean like I, I feel like him should avoid going back to ex players <laughs> and ex managers.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I it's, it's getting Charlie... dangerous in Scotland though because what was it Callum Davidson the longest serving manager now in the Premiership? <laughs> Hi. Like, I just mean in general
4: Not not especially Hibs or Hearts, Just in general Let's start no, bringing Managers back in Just for banter David, David, Martin, David right.
12: Martindale Got we appointed be Just that. before Just before Christmas Of 2020 And he's yeah. the 14th Longest serving manager In Scotland That's crazy isn't it like. I do
3: No I do think We should be bringing back Like Laurie Come on imagine Craig Levine Walks back in After the summer Big announcement It'd you. be
4: very like Pro wrestling wouldn't it Oh my god <laughs> That's Craig Levine's music
3: <laughs> Craig Levine back um Mark McGee back.
5: Neil Lennon.
3: Derek McInnes is coming back to the Premier League, which is not for us. Neil oh yes, Neil Lennon back. Oh, what I,
1: fun. I'm trying to think. Uh like the, the Cup Europa. Someone can draw them, I think. Yeah, United Ah, uh, United, right. eh, there you uh, go. I
2: need to ask Lolly because I'm genuinely intrigued by this. What would Craig the Fiend's music be? Oh Fortuna is my one, but like, I thought I just on
1: wanna Surely it. would be maybe un- <laughs> un- I'm music.
2: Uh, o oh fortuna. Do, do, Eric, Eric
9: Bishop's <laughs> one, eh? Surely
11: <laughs> who was it who had bowed down to the king? Triple
2: H that would Triple H, 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 H that was H. it, yeah. H. That that would that would, that would the fucking
3: uh, can I say can I say something um please about Aberdeen? Well,
1: we're gonna move on to Aberdeen just now. So oh, earlier perfect. on perfect there was pen. some like criticism about uh, <laughs> Dundee, who got McGee in February, now Aberdeen got mm. rid of Glass in February. Mm. Goodwin wasn't given a chance to build his own team, so was that not stupid?
3: Um, to get rid of
1: Glass, no. No, to get rid of it in February and not get rid of it in January if there was going to be a decision, because I don't was- think that was a, a last minute. Oh decision. no, you
3: should have you should have been long gone after we lost two one at Dundee in October.
1: So poor. Hundred percent. The board not acting in the right way? He should have got I, think,
3: um, I think a desire to give him an opportunity,
1: but a misplaced
3: desire in any way. Now we are where we are. It's not been a good time. Every game's been terrible. The highlight game for me was a 2 all draw at Ibrox on Wednesday night back in October. Um, the game at St Johnstone was probably the one that we lost it didn't matter anyway, but genuinely probably one of the worst games I've seen in my entire life. If that was in your back garden, you'd have closed the curtains. It was
1: atrocious. That's just that one. games... Most of our Jonesy players... That's, that's all the time, is it not?
3: No, genuinely the worst one, though, by miles. Um, most of our players are... Well, a lot of them are gone and a lot of them are... Well, hopefully some more of them are going. The one that I think has been really, really difficult, and I'm actually genuinely going to get really upset, Andy Constein leaving has been... In a season of absolute disasters, has been genuinely horrendous. I think. What, what about Jay? You know
1: the worst. Then the worst. thing is it fucks up our plans for a one a one club man podcast because Quatermain was on the list. Now,
3: well, do you know what? You might not go anywhere else,
1: and that'll be that. Thank you. Just retire. No, but really.
3: it, genuinely, and I know it sounds really stupid, and if people like, it probably sounds really dramatic, and I tried to explain to my pals who were like, "Are you actually crying?" Sending like a voice note and i was like yeah like i didn't think i thought it'd be quite an emotional day but it was like the whole thing was just like he was captain and stuff and then came out guard of honor thank you so very kind and actually the bit that really got me and my dad was really emotional is when he signaled that he had to come off and johnny hayes went over and johnny hayes was crying and both of them had a little hug and it was honestly horrible because of all the like awful like terrible season but then the year before with covid and stuff and just not a great time generally for Andy to go like that is not why we've ever expected he has been genuinely and you can say what you want about how brilliant he is or not a loyal loyal servant to our club and he deserves I think better he also by the way to be clear played about 50 minutes best centre half performance I've seen since he got injured David Bates looked almost capable beside him and I genuinely do not believe that we can say that he is not miles better than Bates and Gallagher, so I'm not sure what we're doing. I think that's been
1: see on, see on that. A obviously, problem. I'm an Aberdeen fan myself, right? he's been a good player for us. Taking away sentiment, would anyone else here have been happy if they're a 35 year old player who's missed the full season from injury and got two year deal, if and it's also get involved in the coaching? If
2: it's Charlie McGrew, absolutely.
3: Like, but, was, yeah, there are players ever. who you
1: wouldn't mind. It. It's not but would you, as easy uh, as not, 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 would... not, not many players get two year deals beyond the age of 30. Never mind. I, 30. Think I,
12: it, I think the thing with Considine is, yeah, maybe giving him a two year deal at 35, fair enough. But I think it's the injury that he's just come back from more than anything to then offer him a two year deal. I think if I was Aberdeen, a one year deal would be the most I would give him almost to see how he is.
3: Well, I can tell that. you right now, 50 minutes best centre half performance of
4: the season. Is, it, Fine. is, it, not, no is it not more the manner of it though? Not necessarily yeah. not keeping him, but like and it is not. it's not worry me because Dave Cormack's a bit of a. He's right. Dave Cormack. His ego always takes over, and that that type of obviously Goodwin was involved in what he said. But to to remove the deal from the table and publicly go into details like that, it's baffling from a club to do that. Obviously, agents drop things all the time. Shit always gets leaked by agents. That's what I happens that, in football. I think that
1: was a the thing. They were worried it was going to get leaked. So they thought, well, we'll That always work. happens. Not, not pretty. Where do you think not shit pretty. comes
4: from all the time? Yeah. Because they, they think it'll do their player better. That always happens would, for would clubs a, to come you out you a
1: two-year deal? Me? 35?
4: No, but I think you've got to read the room a little bit and know how much he was liked at Aberdeen and to, to kind of go head-to-head with him like that publicly, especially at a time where the club are in a position where the fans aren't that enamoured by what's going on upstairs. It just seems, like, bizarre. And, I mean, it amused me from a heart's perspective, but I was just like, just keep it shut. Why Why would you even be out making these statements? Just yeah. fucking bizarre. Jeff, I just think take...
12: Jet deserved more of a chance.
1: That's all I'm <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> I Jeff. I would tell have. You'll take, you'll take Genuinely... on Jeff. Wait a minute, I Aaron. would have. Andy Wait a minute. Oh, to be fair,
2: I was going to back it, uh, Ellen. To be fair, that like, I think Andrew Constantine should have been given that to you. Not to take a piss, because I, I would. But like I think Jim Goodwin's gone in there thinking he's Alec Ferguson, and he's not realised he's Jim Goodwin yet. And he's yeah, there's a difference there. between
3: clearing out players that aren't good enough to be there and have forming your own squad, and I think causing yourself an unnecessary issue with the fans by getting rid of, and essentially is getting rid of, a player. And I'm not, you know, I, yeah, 35 two years a lot of money, I get it. But it's not always about, you know, is he gonna be playing ninety minutes every single week and scoring hat tricks? No, but does the defence look fine, yeah. Does he know what he's doing? Yes. Yeah. Is I mean, he solid and capable and better than Bates and Gallagher put together? Yes.
2: Yeah. Is he
1: going to be playing every week?
2: The thing is, is probably
3: yeah. Well it gets in the team of those two for me.
2: Yeah, as Anna said, like, I can understand. See if he was at I don't know, say he was at hearts, Like right? You've got consistent you've got quite a good centre backs and they've got three or four that you'd be like, Yeah fair enough, I'll take them. Aberdeen, as has just said, the backups, the Constantine, were shit. And I imagine, I'm not, I don't think necessarily this would have been the case, but I imagine that if Constantine was going fit all season, I don't think Aberdeen would have finished 10th.
3: None of that would have been happening on his watch. Absolutely yeah, not. And, not a chance. Yeah. But defense, that's, that's high Dalgert, Dundee, the defence, Bates and Gallagher at Dundee, honestly, watching the two of them is
2: horrific.
3: Yeah, um, so what, so that's,
1: what do you want to say on the matter? Um,
10: it, to me, it was just the timing of of it, um, because it wasn't announced the the week of the last game before the split. So with Aberdeen still within a chance of actually sneaking into the top six, you you then announce this. Okay, it might have been leaked anyway, but you announce it, and then there is that feeling of, I guess, a general unrest amongst fans going into that game, where if the players don't perform in the park, you know, there is already that negative energy amongst them, and that'll that'll get kind of that'll come down on the players and and that's that game at Petodre was was awful to watch as well. It was it just looked like both teams didn't want to lose and you know okay we got lucky with a penalty towards the end. But you know, was that maybe because if Constantine was a popular figure in the dressing room, you know, these players then know that this has all been announced this week and he's he's leaving. They might have known before it but I just think, I just find the timing of it really, really odd. And also, like, so the the other releases, you know, okay, Brown's, Brown had other plans, Jet had other plans as well, and the quality's not been there. But to rip it all up as the season's going on and then limit your options in this potential chase for the top six, I just find
3: that really surprising. I think that wasn't important, I? Andy, I'm really worried you're going to say something not kind about Andy Constantine and then we'll never
7: speak again. Uh, can I just add that I've just been sitting with my hand up. I, I don't know how to do the emoji for the hand up, so I don't bother with it. I, I just put that all night, probably. No, Aaron, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, you were
4: doing the waving emoji, just, just <laughs>
7: well, whatever it is. Sorry sorry, attention. No, uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Goodwin's come in and he wants to put his own stamp on, on things in Aberdeen, and, and, and fair enough, but. I'm not a, obviously not a biggest fan or not really a fan anyway of Scott Brown you know obviously he's left but he, he had a, uh, experience to the Aberdeen team whilst he was there and obviously Constantine, who was a loyal servant to the club I think he should have been kept uh, kept at the club for at least another season whether it be playing <laughs> in many games or a few games just to be in the dressing room and around the club for, for new signings or younger players or you know just to sort of be the sort of experienced player within within the club and uh, I think he should have been given another year uh, at least See on that know, um, he was offered a deal so it's not yeah.
1: like he didn't offer a deal it's probably just
7: There should have been a, a better chance.
1: negotiation, offered oh, a chance I, negotiation. I, I think I think it
7: should have
1: been
7: sort of Keep him at all costs. No, no, no. i not. Don't mean offer him massive money, but keep him within means. You know, as I say, the experience you, he he brought to the club whilst he was there, and and still, and uh, now, and and uh, n- perhaps next season, I think he should have been kept. You know, I
3: mean, if we had, if we were getting rid of, and I knew for a fact we we're getting rid of Gallagher and Bates, and we had, you know, two brilliant centre halves coming in, but we don't like. I don't believe that we are going to get a whole new back line where every single one of those players consistently better than Andy Constant. I don't believe it and I know he's older and I know that yeah maybe he's not the absolute best player in the world but he brings something to the team that I think is really important and I, I think the way of it was pretty awful I think um, his wife's oh his wife's Instagram post like genuinely really really upsets me and his post was lovely as well because he's had like most of his life at this club John Sutra on the other hand I saw just went thanks for
7: everything full stop Personally, that in best? personally, in my opinion, um I don't think Jim Goodwin will will last the season, in Aberdeen. Uh just because of the way things have went last season there and, and the season ahead, he could bring his own players in. I just don't think he'll see out the full season. And that of course that's my opinion. And it's it's not having a pop at, at your club, that's that's just what I think. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think if I had genuinely three wishes. Andy Considine re-signing on there. Could you imagine? It's it was great. They not played, not played not Sweet happened. Considine. They played I Can Boogie. It was it was honestly just like, yeah, it was a tough day. And okay. I still genuinely still really upset me because I don't think it was the right thing to do.
1: It's fun now anyway.
9: It's not much I can do in it. Charlie? I just want to pose a question about, you know, older players at teams like Considine. Hibs have got it with Darren McGregor, Paul Hanlon. Do you think it's time that we move past the sentimentality and build towards the future? Like I know Hibbs have just brought a 36 year old keeper in, but I think for I think for a Hibbs point of view, maybe an Aberdeen point of view, like
5: isn't
9: well aye, like he's pushing Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor's age, that's for sure. But they've done class. Um but I think it's maybe time that teams either offer them a coaching role or just let them go. Because I think if you have the sentimentality, like it's, you're not moving forward as a club and we Hibbs have been needing to replace that back line since 2016 Yeah. so I think I think it's maybe time that Aberdeen Hibbs look towards getting back up to the right end of the table and stop worrying about our players that have been there for 10-15
1: years You've got to look at the it, situation with Brown as well where he was a player coach this year did that work out?
2: I, I, I think the, the Brown one's a bit different the, the Brown one was he was brought in on Stephen Grass specifically to be insistent on Stephen Glass and then when Stephen Grass was there's, there's
4: an said, element of both there's an element of both sides of that because I think having senior pros there who who add a certain level of um I guess experience to dressing room does play a part. I don't think it is just kind of bullshit when people say that, that you can't have a, a team full of twenty year olds who don't have any affinity with the club. It is useful sometimes to have that impact, but when Adam was mentioned there about John Souter's message, that stuff kind of fans get annoyed because John Souter's Instagram message last post for Hearts wasn't as long as some other players. I mean, it's just, you know, when you look at some players' posts and they put, you know, a big paragraph of thanks for all the memes, blah, 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 or they kiss the badge. Most Uh, of it's it's bullshit. There's
2: there's
4: a select few that it's different for, of course. There are some down the years that's different for, but ultimately they're doing a job. They do it. They do what they think's best at the time. They get caught up in the moment and ultimately move on because they're a mercenary and they get paid more to go elsewhere. It's I, I don't get too attached in that sense, but I can understand the argument to have someone in the dressing room who has got experience and if they can link things together, especially someone like Considine who, who knows Aberdeen as a club quite well and all that stuff. But fans get too caught up in... Get over getting over sentimental when players leave. And when John Souter left, I mean, I was I didn't mind him playing, even though he'd signed for Rangers, but I wasn't gonna get overly angry about it. I wasn't gonna give him a applause for it either. But the fact his Instagram message was three or four words after he got booed, um, when he first came out after signing for Rangers. I mean, what, what do fans expect? Oh, it happens uh, Ewan Yeah, just to
12: kind of touch on Charlie's point about senior pros at, at football clubs and that sentimental attachment we, we've we just had Keegan Jacobs move on who's been associated with Livy for 14 years he's our current record appearance holder, current longest serving player And but at the end of the day Keegan's been really struggled with injuries the last couple of years so football and decision has to come into play and the sentiment does have to go out the window sometimes and unfortunately Keegan's moving on would obviously wish him the best of luck of knowing Keegan since I was 14, so, you know, he's been involved with the club that long, but you you do need to come to a point sometimes where you need to look at it from a footballing perspective, yes, it can be good to have them in the dressing room, but, is that, is that worth paying them X amount of money per week, just to have them about the dressing room if they're not going to make an impact on the team, I know, like Erin, you said that the Considine in that 50 minutes was your best centre half of the season, but, it's not the case, everywhere, like I would, Back Charlie's point up in terms of some of the Hibs centre us Paul Hanlon, the the meltdown he had at Livy uh, just before Christmas, for example, when he got sent off and things like that. Like he's, I've always thought he's a bit of a liability, and I've never understood how he still plays so regularly for Hibs, for example. So it kind of swings in roundabouts, I think. But yeah. that's an example from like our perspective, where who is our longest-serving player in our history. So you know, sentiment does have to go out the window, I think, at times. And
1: then you've got Danny, that's St. Johnson, Liam Craig. Well, exactly that, John. Yeah, and
11: uh, probably just going to expand on what Ewan was saying there, really. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, obviously we're in a situation where Liam's drifted off into retirement. Um, he's obviously, he's being kept on at the club, in a, on the coaching side of things. Seems to be quite a lot of St. Johnson players. Um, or, oh, you know, great stalwarts at the club, which is a, a good thing. Um, but I think, really expand on Ewan's point, It's I think everything's got to just be taken from a football perspective. I don't think any of these situations are black and white. And it's all about what value you're still bringing to the team, really. I actually probably agree with Erin's point, that I don't think Aberdeen have got a better centre-half than Considine. So, really, it would have been a better situation, it's about his age, to look at you know coming to some a better agreement where he stayed on the club whereas with someone, um, with someone like Liam Craig who wasn't in the side as much um, and a, I know him personally a great fella and, but he'd not been involved really he sort of got back in for the last couple of games because we had larger A rotating and B with larger benches during the uh, during the playoffs so it's all about time and all about what's right for your team I think there's, yeah. I, I, again, I get what Charlie said. I'm getting splinters on my ass from sitting on the fence here, but um, I get what Charlie's saying about bringing the younger guys through. But really, it's about you've just got to assess every situation as it comes. Really, and there's no totally transferable situation. Even someone like looking at Murray Davidson. It's not to hard upon about Saints, but going back to Murray Davidson, um, who, you know again, been a brilliant player, probably my favourite um, Saints player, to be perfectly honest. And he's maybe, he, you know, he's past his best, but we've got to keep him on because you look at a situation in the squad with no one better and it's a shirt we don't have to fill from out with because he's still capable. So, it's, yeah, there's no... If you, if you exactly release him,
4: he'll just it. stand up back anyway, won't he?
11: Yeah, yeah, that's that tends to be what happens. That um, was...
1: That
5: was good space. <laughs> um, Scott, I think you wanted to come in on the point as well. Uh, talking about long-serving uh, long, long serving players at clubs, like we've just gave James Forrest a three-year deal at the age of 30 as well, but it's the opposite of what you were talking about with Constantine. It's folk are actually going off their, off their nut because they don't think he's actually worth staying at the club, never mind even getting like a three-year deal. But we're talking about uh, like players with Instagram posts and stuff. We've just lost one of the best players we've had in the last ten years, and Tom Rogic. And I didn't think we'd get a chance to mention him. But I just—it's oh, to- all right,
1: Scott. It's all right, Scott. I'm still. You, yeah, I'm still is there ever going to
3: be an episode where you don't bang on about him? To
5: be next fair, season,
1: next season, hopefully. Be-
3: no, he will still, will <laughs> still
5: be mentioning it. There'll be something. To be fair, last last year I wanted Rogic on there. Eh? I thought he was. It was stale. He was never going to dinner again. And then, Ange came and brought brought the best out in him. To be fair, and he uh, looked like that informed player that kept scoring. And you get it, you get a, a wee bit emotional
3: there because Ange came and brought
5: the best out in him. He did. Gosh. My, my wee uncle Ange and his wee jumper. What a guy, man! We imagine bowl.
3: being a imagine being a club where like everyone's all just loves everyone's everyone's all buzzing.
5: <laughs> we're all we're all just. Did you see us last season?
3: <laughs> we're all just waiting for the. We're all just waiting for a big day tomorrow, League Cup draw.
1: Scott, we think Rodgers will go.
5: He's going to go closer to home. I think Middle, East. Aye. Middle East, Middle East, Middle East. Definitely one hundred percent. Look at the money. Could Boyle. he
3: get much further away from home?
5: Could he
4: really? Is it is it mental that Martin Boyle's team are about to get relegated after going over to? Did you see I that?
3: I totally forget you went there. Is he not?
4: That's just a ploy
9: to come back to Hibs. We've got a uh, we've got first refusal on them, so I'll take take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Andy's Andy's missus is just about to have a baby soon as well.
3: Yeah, I was, was gonna also. say she's cause she plays for your women's team. Is
9: she pregnant? I she'll I she's due in January, I think. So that all maybe they'll imp- fancy we
3: move up the road to Aberdeen. We've got a nice women's team, they are gone semi pro.
9: Hibs are going pro, so it, it all adds yeah, up eh. Yeah. Hey, so <laughs> Oh
3: well, bang well. You know Someone's gonna, someone the gonna match to get through next season.
4: Two and a half million Tax free annual <laughs> salary.
9: <laughs> Ross. We we've got big we've got big screens, mate. We can afford anything.
1: And crypto.
4: Oh,
3: <laughs> and... Are You going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> we'll all be doing it soon. We'll all be doing it. Rangers and Hibs will be pioneers.
2: Uh <laughs> Sporty. Sporty um spotty budgeting. <laughs> I'm not saying it.
1: Ross, what did you want to
10: say? So just touching back on the point of, um, you know, older players, you know, that have served the club really well. Kind of went through it last season when um, we had our clear out, you know, Michael Gardine was our record appearance holder, record goal scorer. You know, he'd been associated with the club since, I think it was like 2006, 2007. He had a couple of spells elsewhere, but, um, you know, he he was just kind of a mainstay and growing up with him and the team, you know, it was, it was weird to imagine a team without him. And I think it was also with the rumors that went on, it was a bit sour the way that he was released. I think he was released over zoom. So again, you know, that's best part of 10 years, probably you've been at
4: Ross County on and off, you know, um,
1: I guess you an idea
4: for the podcast. Uh, someone over zoom. So, <laughs> was he working for PO and Ferries or something? it? <laughs>
10: Um, well, it was just, it was just odd. And I think that that obviously added then to kind of a bit of unrest over the summer, you know, but I think looking back at it now, I guess it was the right decision because if he was still potentially at the club, you know, if, if Yogi had got the job, he might've been then playing for another season. You wouldn't have seen Reagan Charles Cook and Joseph Humboldt have the game time. Well, Humboldt probably wouldn't have been identified or taken up to to Dingwall for for the season, um, so I guess there is there then becomes a point where, you know, the, these guys have to move on. Um, hopefully, I guess for a greater good for the club, but um, it's it's always tough. But it was made a bit easier when he went to Cali and really rocked their season around <laughs> Christmas time. But yeah,
12: I was about to say you must be proud of him for going to
10: Cali and trying to disrupt their season. Eh? He. really they they looked like they were going to finish top I think at the start of the season and then he did his best and he did he did a fine job and it just finished off last
1: night so it was good it was nice to see What about you Andy? A legend going from your club in a different kind of role
8: Andy Motherwell fan I'm surprised that Dev uh, didn't mention that wee bit earlier to be honest considering that someone have bought half our playing squad from two years ago, and now seem to be taking their backroom staff as well. But yeah, that was a that was a massive loss. He got quite a send off, and to qualify for Europe in his final home game was a nice a nice way for him to bow out. But it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. I know he's been doing a a sporting directorship at Salford University over the last kind of couple of years, so. Seems like a very intelligent guy. He's a, a mother a legend, obviously. No. Sort of one to lose.
1: We should mention that, lastly, for anyone that doesn't know. But, uh, aye, a weird one. Maybe he'll live up to Tony Fitzpatrick's European productions at St Mirren.
8: I think the top six would be a starting point for them and they can maybe build from there, but uh, aye, it seems to it be, might- be the yearly promise with someone.
1: Um, right, Erin, did you say you had another question? We are like, we way over time anyway, so... Just well, go. I
3: thought that, um, so I asked who everyone's favourite player had been this season, so that's always nice to hear. And although I didn't hear Rangers, Andy's one. Who was your favourite player this season, Andy?
7: Sorry, Erin, uh, I, I was meant to, to put it in, but uh, I didn't have the knowledge of how to do the hands-up emoji. So
3: uh, well, that's fine. Uh, I'm hoping it a- it's ours? not one of three people that I'd like it not to be, but we'll see. You
4: can uh, do this as well, Andy. Look,
3: as well, Andy, look. <laughs> <laughs> you two are so uh, embarrassing It's was- on the other side. Where your where your little flag is, <laughs> you're your pointing the wrong direction.
7: I mean. <laughs> uh, it's the direction for the point. I would say James Tavernier. Fair, <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, it would probably be between Tavernier and Bassi, but. Cavaniere
3: overall. Uh, um, my just last question, which I think might be a nice um ending, quite an apt one, would be for people who have been to games this season and Andrew reminded me of this question and I've had a pie, which is the best pie you've had at a game?
1: That question's probably been asked about a ask lot before, by the way.
3: No, but it might be a new one that they've not had, that they've had recently. You have to have had it this season. It can't just be of heard this one's nice, or or oh, three years ago, I had this one at a team that's not been in the league for years.
2: The, the best one I had though was it. This one you might play them in the cup, uh, which is awkward.
3: Is that the Donner one?
2: Oh yeah, it's the Bollocks.
3: I heard it's good. I'm hoping for them in the league cup. Mine is the one that I had um, on the night of the worst game I've seen in my entire life. So I um, drove to St Johnston, which I mean petrol's very expensive. <laughs> I uh, watched genuinely the worst game I've ever seen. £24 it cost me. I did get a McFlurry on the way home, which was the second best bet. The best bet, steak and treats or pie, hands down. Delighted their sting.
11: Well, oh, class. That was, a fa- that was a fucking dreadful game of football. Um,
3: did you again, have a steak and treats or pie?
11: Yeah. Nope, again, no, I'll no. go for an away pie. Um, Travelling to, again, one of the worst games I've ever been to in my life when we lost 2-1 to St Mirren in February. But the steak pie at St Mirren was... And I got it by a fluke because so I meant to get a kebab pie and then didn't see on the menu and thought it had gone. And then everyone was eating the kebab pie. But it was a happy fluke because the steak was excellent.
12: Levy's pie game has been sensational this year. Our pie game has been sensational.
3: I had so, a I had a disaster at Loving
5: the, so the,
3: well, <laughs> the, the Like pie, I said, um, oh, can I get a macaroni and Pie? She went, they're finished, they've been finished for ages. I was like, have you been finished for ages? Like nowhere near kickoff, by the way. It's like 2 30. She's like, oh, you Aberdeen fans always have loads of them. I suggested that maybe next time that means they order more, but she didn't like that. So um I got my first macaroni pie of the season well into the season because they were all sold out. So I will we- say I had a pie, I had the kebab pie at Hearts. It was not good. Laurie, not good.
12: Yeah, we've we've had kebab pies. We had a breakfast pie, which had square sausage, black pudding, bacon, beans in oh, it. Oh, that a like bollocks. That was incredible. We had a, a chicken Balmoral pie as that well. Was top, that was top tier. I would like that. Yeah.
3: Ross, you chicken pie. haggis, pack on sauce, uh, Good.
12: And in terms of away pies, the the steak and chorizo at St Johnston, I think is outdone because it has a soggy bottom,
2: mm.
12: a soggy bottom on the pie. I have to say, Ross County, the Haggis Neeps and Tattie Pie at Ross County is a, a work of physics. Like it's The construction on that pie is unbelievable and it is bloody good as well. But
3: our, our pie done game done good, has been
12: sensational.
3: We've done a good trade-off this season because Dundee go down, their pies yeah. pie is quite average. Killy their pie is uh, nice. Killy pie is very good. You've well, got to pies are, are dense,
2: so that's are like both, both Ice,
3: no, the chicken curry at Tandon is is not bad. The macaroni at Tandon is good. The
2: chicken curry at
3: Motherwell is very nice, we'll
2: say. Yeah, that is good. Has anyone Actually, been to Pitadri this season except me? Yeah, I've, I was there when I was hooked. Someone said Pitadri is one of the 60. worst 60. pies I've had. The, the
3: pies are absolutely inectable don't buy them.
2: Um exactly. I'm, so
3: bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, if you have none. I
12: got a macaroni pie there, and I'm pretty sure it was getting used as a hockey puck prior to me.
5: <laughs> Mine
12: like, <laughs>
3: Honestly, I'm no,
9: sorry. Our pies, one. our
12: pies are very, very poor. Thankfully, it's, Hibs it's got our
3: shame Ro- for me. I never, I never have one. I think I have like one a season, just to check if they got better, and that's it. I never have a pie game right.
9: Thankfully, Hibs got to Arbroath in the cup, so I got to have the steak and black pudding. So that was that was probably the best one. guy they never came up because uh, I'd love to have that. But I, uh, apart from that, Livy's Chicken Balmoral one was top tier. Yeah, that was the best thing about that game. I
12: mean, sometimes good. the
3: best thing about the game is the pie sometimes <laughs> it is and that's, that's the situation we're in I did not have any food at Celtic Park oh steak, no I did so. I had a vegan sausage roll and it was not Greg Gosh. Standard. I didn't have anything at Rangers because it didn't look great um, <laughs> Hibs, Hibs, I've never had a pie at Hibs, but I have had the pizza which is quite nice I think that's about yeah um, Samirran so had quite the steak pie was good yeah, i would say overall the pie game has been pretty strong, and we're welcoming Killy back, who I think their pie game is excellent.
2: I'm getting rid of Dundee, who's just probably eh, the worst. Dundee's pies are the equivalent of
12: Mark McGee.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
12: oh, it's it's, it's oh. the best way to describe Dundee. Hold,
2: hold, hold on the inside, Hold on the inside and suck on the outside. Oh, dun, 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 dun. poor
3: Mark McGee. Genuinely, <laughs> I hope someone employs that man.
2: Yeah, certainly. So that right,
3: he is like. If you have to describe the cinch to someone who didn't know Scottish football, Mark McGee is is the
12: cinch. I mean, I the was Golden present for a, to
3: Aberdeen. I was present your, for his first home no game. No,
12: thank you. I was present for his first home game where I got to see Den's Park empty after twenty one minutes. It was it was a thing of beauty, and then to watch a wee kid at full time run up to him with a phone, like on, like you just knew that raging. this man, you just knew that this man was just he, oh. he embraced cinch patter. Like nobody has ever I liked it when the batter. following
3: week, I think it was. He went to Southwick Park and he was obviously still on the stands for about 10 years or something, as his band was. And he was in the stand and said it was we laptop. He had a desktop computer, an actual <laughs> desktop computer in the stands. He is genuinely unbeatable, this man for Patter. Uh, fact, definitely got a lot of content out of Mark McGee.
12: So, my one of my one of my best pals is a photographer and he did Mark McGee's unveiling pictures and well, they went did. up and
3: I wouldn't
12: be so, advertising that for him, they were big. So he, he went happening. up to do it and he was like, oh, can I get you in front of the stand with a scarf? Right, And he's like, right, does the pictures and then goes, oh, can I get you in front of this stand with the top? He's like, oh, Christ, why are you making me walk all the way over there? Uh, I've got a bad ankle. And he's like, Mark, I'm not asking you to play 90 minutes. I'm asking you to walk across the pitch. He did not take it well. But um, he then asked him to go across somewhere else for a picture. He threw the top down and walked off. But the picture he used, do you remember the graphic of Sam Allardyce looking up like he was in a chippy ordering? Uh, That's the picture he sent out to the press for Mark McGee. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, helps to be nice sometimes. but But, yeah, Mark McGee is, I hope he gets a job. I really do. I think
1: he's brilliant. Before we finish up, Ross, did you have something you wanted to say before we wrap up?
10: Yeah, I um, I was slightly disappointed because we just missed out on playing Mark McGee's Dundee team. I think uh, we we beat Dundee two one at Dens, and I think it was they then went to Hearts and won, and then won in the cup, and then he was gone. But um, you know, just touching on Ewan's point there, uh, we saw Dens empty very very quickly early in the season as well when we won five 0 down there, and it was it. It was quick. It was very, very quick. And, you know, it was a mixture of a mixture of that. It was a kind of stunned at what we'd watched from our own team, but then also the the tantrum from Paul McMullen when he got subbed off. He didn't really show it in the highlights. Um, he went to storm down the tunnel and McPake essentially called him back as like a, as like a dad. It's like, you don't walk away from me, you come back here. And it was, he was kind of stuck halfway down the tunnel. You know, halfway to the tunnel and halfway between the dugout, and he was like, oh, do I go? Do I not?" And then he just kind of walked his head back down towards the the dugout and sat down there. And it was just, I will the reaction to that sub was just it was just crazy. So
2: I will miss Den's park fire drills next season. I, I, do, <laughs> I do, I do, I do enjoy them. Yeah, do, just a, yeah, a, another
12: another Mark McGee related story with us. So Dundee were one <laughs> up, against, and one up, one up against us on the last day of the season. We decide to put on. Our part-time 39-year-old goalkeeper, who's never played in the Premiership, and we end up going down to ten men because one of our players comes off injured. And we win the game two-one again. Nothing, nothing can rival Mark McGee this season. I think he's and then the best player. he retired, not
3: immediately after that.
12: Yes, that was that was that was that was big stretches one and David Martindale has been trying to give him one Premiership appearance for the last four seasons. Like, he's genuinely been he's renewing like, his oh, contract so he can get It anyway, doesn't matter. It's
3: the last day of the season. Get him on. It's, it's done. 10 men, you win 2-1, and he's just like, I'm out, guys. 100% record in the Prem, see there.
12: Honestly, you'll never get a bigger cult hero that's only played ther- 13 games in six years than Gary Malley love it
1: Unbelievable. Fucking love the big man. Right, we're going to finish off the podcast by the sponsor ad. So if you want to be like Mark McGee and get nude, sff20 for uk.manscape.com. For your weed whacker, your lawnmower 4.0, you can look tidy and trim. And maybe you can get your own trophy like Andy and Scott did with Celtic and Rangers this season. So just remember, get involved, spread the word of the discount code. Thanking you. New. So uh, thanks everyone for coming on. Um, we are probably as usual planned for like less than two hours and we've gone for about two and a half hours, which is par for the course with so many folk on. Um, so I appreciate you all coming on, whether you've been on before or you've come on for your first, first appearance like Ross, Charlie and Danny. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And um, we will see all of you next season. We won't see Ethan in this Premiership chat, but we will see some kind of Kelly fan, whoever it is. Okay. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye.
3: See you all in July. Yeah,
1: thanks,
8: everyone.
7: Thank you. Cheers. Cheers,
8: Cheers all of John. Cheers, Cheers.
4: Thank you, guys.